Skytalkers turns three years old today. We are so excited to dive into your questions as we get ready for Star Wars in the year 2020. Star Wars may be tragedy, but Star Wars is always good. Thank you all for a great year in podcasting. Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I am your host, Caitlin, and Happy New Year. Welcome to 2020, and happy birthday to Sky Talkers. Yay! I'm drinking Prosecco. <laughs> Caitlin's having wine. We're here doing our third. Well, I, te- I guess this is like technically our fourth Star Wars dinner episode mm-hmm. and our third question and answer like celebratory episode. Yeah. And I can't believe that we are coming up on our f- like our f- visiting our dinners for the fourth time, which is really it's just really fun. And also, I have to say that it feels really weird to be in front of the microphone because we took like three weeks off. Yeah. It's and even strange. our last episode, we, we didn't even really, really record in this way. So it feels like I don't know what I'm going to do. What do I do with my hands? That I know. Kind of thing. I know. We had, we had some mic issues before we hopped on, started recording. Yeah. It was so strange. Um, it's like 2017 all over again. Oh, my God. Don't worry, guys. My mic is plugged in. And, uh, what if we recorded the entire episode just like as a celebratory way as we did our first three episodes with not realizing our expensive mics, not expensive is an operative word, our, our new, mics were our not, brand new yeah, our new mics were not plugged in. Yeah, that would be fun. I think it would be funny. I know you would die a little inside. Oh, I would die. I Can't think it would that. be funny, but it, you would be like, actually, never mind. <laughs> That's what would happen. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I love that Skytalker's birthday is at the start of the year because I think it is like so representative of where we were in 2016 of like new year, new us, new fandom, we're in this. And I just love that too. It's like, you know, it allows us like basically our first episode every year now is just about reflecting on the past year and on the podcast and on Star Wars and on the community and then like prepping for the new year. I don't know. I, I think it's a very... It's a very auspicious like time of year that is the Sky Talkers anniversary. Yeah, it's really great. I also I agree. I think that it, it also just really makes me think of the place that we were in in 2016 in the beginning of 2017 when we started the podcast. Just because I think that we were so inspired and we talked about this with Annalise and like two episodes ago, we're so inspired by Rogue One and wanting to jump into the fandom because I think that you and I both kind of felt like Rogue One was a movie that was made for us. Mm-hmm. Like I, I felt like that movie spoke to both you and I so much in terms of like us being Star Wars fans. And I know that that can sometimes um, a movie made for the fans, like perhaps isn't the best like moniker for a movie, but I really did walk out of Rogue One feeling like, wow, that movie was for me. And it, I don't know, it inspired us to do the podcast, you know, Carrie Fisher, every, everything that happened with her happened around that time. Mm-hmm. And I think that we were just all so inspired looking for Leia began as a project around that time before then. Everyone was just kind of, what do we do? And we kind of took both of a broken heart and made it into art after like what Carrie Fisher says um, and started the podcast. And it's just, I, I really always like to reflect on that because it feels so long ago. Rogue, like a time where we only had in the Disney era, 
Um, the Force Awakens. In terms of films, The Force Awakens and Rogue One, it feels so long ago. And I... I just, I always want to remember what that felt like. Yeah, I do too. That was such like a special time in fandom and for us personally, like in our Star Wars lives and in our personal lives too, there was a lot going on and yeah, totally. yeah. You know, we always, we, I remember before Rise of Skywalker came out, we were talking about how Star Wars kind of sets these benchmarks in your lives, especially with as involved as we are and as I'm sure a bunch of you listening are too, um, but the podcast does as well, so it's always it's always pretty special, and we we may not be in the same closet recording anymore, but <laughs> we are still in closets recording. You know, the funny thing is, is that I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Caitlin and I took a really, really terrible selfie when we oh, recorded our first God. episode, Ooh. and I have it on my phone. It will never see no. the light of day, but it is so bad and it just reminds me of like we were crammed in a closet so because we thought it was a good like we read all these things about how that was the best audio and everything it was so hot we had no and idea it, what we were doing obviously our and mics it was the best in. audio because like some people i know some people say that they can't tell that our mics aren't plugged in in that in those episodes because it's picking up on the, on the microphone and we insulated the closet so well that number one we were sweating like pigs but two you could at least hear us <laughs> True. Yeah. Extremely true. So it is uh it's always good to have this time to come back. But we are super excited for 2020. We are gonna be talking about Rise of Skywalker soon. I'm not sure when, <laughs> but soon. We need some time, guys. We yeah, and, time. and we don't wanna like get into Rise of Skywalker here on our celebratory anniversary episode, but we will be talking about it. We do have a reaction episode up um from an hour from 10 minutes after it came out if you're interested in that and we also have an episode up on our patreon kind of uh spinning our wheels about it a little more if you are interested and want to hear more of our thoughts uh, immediately but we will be doing a more formalized breakdown of it in the future um so that is coming down the line but today we have a lot to be talking about but first charlotte has some has some sky talker stats for us <laughs> Before we started recording, I was like, Caitlin, guess what? I have some stats. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, it's not very many stats, but I thought they were kind of fun. So in 2019, we recorded and released on our iTunes feed, or a regular feed, 66 episodes, which feels like a very good right. Star Wars number. Yeah. That is a lot. Um, we had 50. Yeah, I know, right? That's a lot 66. of episodes. 66. <laughs> 66. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I feel like we... We're hustling so much in the beginning of the year and at the end of the year with the amount of Star Wars content that was happening. And I feel like that was really reflective over 66 because we hit our 100th episode in April. It was our podcast stage episode. So 66 in one year is a lot given the fact that it took us two and a half years to get to 100. And there are 52 so. weeks in a year. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, we're, we, yeah. we've, uh, we're billed as a bi-weekly podcast. <laughs> Are we though? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> okay, so next we had 15 guests on, and I'm including that number in with some of our um, panels that we had recorded. 15 is personally, I'm really happy with all the people that we've had on the podcast and, you know, shared the airwaves with and everything. Um, 
but I definitely want more guests on the podcast in 2020. Yeah, that is um, – having guests and interviewing is something Charlotte and I – it was kind of like this goal we set for ourselves at the end of the year to be better at. Mm-hmm. And um, when we got the opportunity to interview the creatives behind Vader and Mortal, it was like – that was literally like two weeks after we'd had that conversation or a couple weeks after and that opportunity came up and we were like, oh, okay. <laughs> Because we'll go ahead with the director, writer, and story group member right away. Sounds good. (laughs) Here we go. Great. (laughs) So next thing is that we recorded 12 themed episodes. And I use this as a benchmark to talk about the episodes that I'm referring to are ones that are like theme specific, not necessarily book specific or like reactionary talking about a certain TV show or anything. So 12 themed episodes. Mm. That's like a nice... That's like a good number too. You know what I mean? 66, 12, 15. I feel like we got some good numbers going on. Right. Right. So we had three book reviews, which feels really low to me. Yeah, it does. But we it's technically four if we count um, Patreon, but still, Mm -hmm. three book reviews. Um, We went to and recorded from three separate conventions in 2019. (laughs) Two of them were within a week of each other. So are we okay? We We, were not okay. We were not. It took us, I think, a week and a half to recover. I'm still recovering. (laughs) (laughs) We went to D23 and then Dragon Con two weekends in a row and actually died. Dead. (laughs) So then the last two are we did two TV show discussion themed series, one on The Mandalorian and one on Resistance. And we discussed one movie, which is The Rise of Skywalker. Wow. One new movie. I mean, we did discuss Rogue One this year as well. So and obviously we were talking all about The Last Jedi still and the sequel trilogy. But in terms of we had one movie that we that was released in 2019. So wow, there we go. There's some stats. Jeez. My gosh. Also, if anyone's wondering our most popular episodes, they're all the Rise of Skywalker related. <laughs> like there's not even <laughs> Yeah. No competition. <laughs> yeah, it's really no competition. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh <laughs> it's it's funny. <laughs> it's honestly funny. <laughs> yep. I think you guys were yes. excited about the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> um and so are we. Yes. So <laughs> So what was – do you have a favorite episode that we did last year? Like, okay, do you have a favorite themed episode that we did last year? Concealment was probably my favorite one. Yeah, I think Concealment was my favorite one too. I, I find myself thinking about that theme the most since we've done it. It also is one of our least popular ones, just FYI, <laughs> if anyone's listening. Because I feel like we talk it up so much that like maybe longtime listeners and loyal listeners are like, yes, Concealment. <laughs> I also – I'm really fond of our Rule of Two episode. I really like what we brought up there and this whole idea of two. I think that it has been brought up in The Rise of Skywalker, in The Mandalorian. We haven't really even talked about that because we haven't talked about the end of The Mandalorian yet as we're recording right now. We will soon. But I I feel like it, it really does keep coming up. And I am really proud that we came out with that episode and discussed the whole idea of pairs in Star Wars. Yeah, I think we got a – I feel like that's the episode we got the most, uh, like, listener response to via yeah. – we have we got so many emails about The Rise of Two and continue to get emails about The Rise of Two episode as well. Um, the Rise of Two, Caitlin. The, the Rule of Two. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, we, we get a lot of uh, uh, questions and emails about the rule of two. Yeah, I think um, Concealment was probably my favorite themed episode that we did. I did really enjoy Weird Force stuff. Um, yeah, that one was super yes. fun. And I'm I'm really proud of our Yoda series, too. That one absolutely just came out you of left field. Yes. And <laughs> I'm not just saying that because I thought of it. Uh, <laughs> but I had I think that one that one just like it really reframed my whole perspective of Yoda in a lot of different ways. And so I'm really grateful for that time that we had. And I mean, just hilarious that we got the Mandalorian <laughs> afterwards. It's like basically the year of Yoda and we had a Yoda series in the summer. I, I still I'm not over it, Caitlin. <laughs> like, I'm really we had not either. No idea. None. None. Absolutely none. Yeah. I think I really liked our lightsaber color theory episode too. I feel like that one is just kind of I feel like that one just kind of floats out there. You know, it's not really tied to anything. It feels like so random even in our catalog. But mm-hmm. I really like that. I think because I like the like the quotes that we pulled in that episode a lot too. I feel like it was a lot of reading, but it was a lot of like, oh, this is good reading. <laughs> I agree. And I think that that's one that I think about you know, if you if you guys are wondering how we do episodes, usually it's like Caitlin and I are kind of stuck on a concept and we spend like a week or even just a couple of days kind of diving really deep into the concept. Then we talk about it on the show, we edit it and everything, and then maybe we'll refer to that concept a little bit later. But with things like the lightsaber color theory thing, I was – as someone who has – I don't know. I'd, I'd consider myself an artist in at least in my past, um, drawing and painting and everything like that. And I had I hadn't thought about color theory in so long, so it was really fun to revisit that. Mm-hmm. And even just, I mean, we brought it up in the Mandalorian, and you know, yeah. the Rise of Skywalker is so blue. It's so blue, it's so and blue. I'm excited to talk about it through that lens, given the fact that we started the year talking about the importance of the color blue. That is kind of funny, like that whole. Um that that episode came about because of an article I read on the color blue and mm-hmm. the fact that we ended the year with a very blue film I think is that's very interesting yeah. um we will I'm excited to get into that and we will yeah yeah I have to say too I I mean I think probably the biggest highlight for the podcast itself was the live podcast stage that was just mm-hmm. an incredible experience to I don't know take that moment in with all of you and those of you listening to um, who weren't able to be at celebration or weren't able to be at our stage itself that I don't know that just felt like such a big deal it is a big deal and I was like oh well this is us here doing this yeah just you and I like up on yeah, the it stage feels like a dream <laughs> it does not it doesn't feel real still yeah that that happened yeah and that was just I don't know that was just such a that was just like a genuine fandom moment. I don't really know how to describe mm-hmm. it, but it just – it felt so good. And it's something that is like such a benchmark, I think, for us on our podcasting journey. And it's just, I don't know, really special. Yeah. And if you were there, if you listened, if you tried to get there, I think we we just really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And if we met you during that time, like, again, I think that was really the most special morning and afternoon of – the year for me like it was just so great yeah yeah it really was it really was celebration was just incredible this year and i remember well last year now. last year because now we're now we're now we're gonna we're heading into celebration 2020 and yes. this, this fall very so, excited summer i guess yeah i remember yeah. um there were a couple people who came up to us at celebration 
and said, oh, yeah, you're Sky Talkers. I recognize your voices. And I was like, what? <laughs> that was crazy. That was <laughs> the strangest. I was like, oh, I guess you would if you like if you listen to the show, even even like even if you don't listen to every episode, um, if you've listened to a few, I guess you would recognize us by our voices, which is so strange to me. It's just it's it's very strange. I was like, okay. <laughs> I remember <Great. laughs> I remember telling my sister that afterward because she was asking me how it went. And you guys know my family are not Star Wars people. So I don't think they – I was like, yeah, we're on the podcast stage. I don't think they really got it. I was like, no, it's it's kind of a big deal. Like I feel really cool. <laughs> and I was telling my sister. I was like, yeah, people people like stopped us and like said they recognized us by our voices. And she was like, oh. <laughs> oh okay. I was like, yeah, you know, same. I had the same reaction. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah uh, it's so it, it's so crazy and i think that happened when we were walking around the celebration floor too yeah which was even weirder because we were just talking to each other like probably in a different tone of voice than we talk on the podcast yeah it was uh, so that's even was, crazier it was very funny um and i have to say i was i'm still really proud of our vader immortal interview too that was such a good time and a scary thing that we did <laughs> And I'm really proud of what came out of that, too. So that's kind of a highlight. And then, I mean, all of all of our guests are obviously highlights. Um, but the Vader Immortal one definitely stands out. And then, you know, right at the end of 2019, getting to talk to Annalise Ophelian with Looking for Leia, such a monumental achievement that she did. And getting to share in that celebration with her was just incredible. And, yeah, there's – it's just – I love it. <laughs> Yeah, me too. It's been a really, really good year. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about how much I've enjoyed speculating for The Rise of Skywalker. It is maybe, it's definitely more fun to me than the movie. And I cried at the end of our last episode when we were speculating it because I was like mourning the death of speculation. Mm -hmm. And I still feel that way, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do too. I mean, you're talking about how we were we like hustled a lot on the podcast as far as producing a lot of content at the beginning and end of the year and, and that's really when that speculation was all kicked into high gear through things that were coming out at the beginning of the year from celebration and then the actual ramp up of promotion at the end of the year and that yeah you guys know that that's our favorite thing in Star Wars is is speculation. And so there is definitely um, an air of bittersweetness to that being over. Um, but you guys have a lot of questions too about what we think is coming next. So <laughs> we'll, we'll be <laughs> right. talking about that as well. But yeah, I mean, that those are, those are the most listened to episodes that we have, our speculation ones. So it's clear that you guys enjoy that too. And, and that's part of what makes Star Wars so fun is, is anticipating what's coming next. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a really good year. It's been a really good year mm -hmm. for the podcast. And I wish there were a better way to say thank you um, to all of you um, for listening. It, we say it a lot, but it really does mean a lot to us that you let us be a piece of your fandom experience. That is – I don't really know how to conceptualize that because podcasts are a big part of my fandom experience and um, that you let us – kind of insert our, our our voices into how you experience and enjoy Star Wars. Uh, we really don't take it for granted, and um, we are very, very grateful for it. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. So 2020 
we have a lot of fun things coming up in 2020. Um, and I know we are going to get to your questions, so don't worry. <laughs> um, I feel like we've kind of been rambling in this front section for a little bit. But we have a lot of exciting things coming up in 2020. Um, some of them we can talk about. Some of them we can't. But the one thing that Charlotte and I have been talking about for a couple months now is, and our Patreon uh, subscribers already know about this, is that we are going to start a newsletter, a monthly newsletter for Sky Talkers listeners. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> really, really excited about this. I think it'll be a great way to share some of our favorite articles, some like some things that are going around and sort of like, I, I don't know if it will necessarily be a monthly roundup of Star Wars news in that sense, but more of a kind of editorialized version of some of our favorite things that are going on in Star Wars fandom at that time mm-hmm. in a way that we, we don't really... I, as we discussed, uh, you know, five minutes ago, we love talking about themes and speculating and everything like that. But I think that this newsletter will allow us a chance to kind of expand kind of what we're talking about. And I hope that if you're interested in getting a monthly newsletter from us, you will sign up because Caitlin and I are really excited about it. Also, Caitlin and I love to write. So mm-hmm. I, I write for a living. Caitlin does a little bit of writing for a living, too. And I feel like it's it'll be a great way to kind of experiment with that with Star Wars. So we're yeah. really excited about it. Yeah. I do a lot of technical writing for work. So I yeah. um, <laughs> so that's why I was like, Charles like, like does a little bit of writing. I'm like, I, I do a lot of writing. <laughs> I'm pretty much writing all day, but it's all the time. It's, yeah. It's, it's a lot of technical writing. Um, which I do enjoy the technical writing that I do. But uh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're still kind of working it out how it's how it's going to look and format. So right now our plan is for it to be a monthly thing and like charlotte said it is a bit like a kind of an editorialized version of our fandom and sometimes things that we don't get to talk about on the podcast and and we know not all of you are on twitter where i feel like we do share a lot of those things too on our personal twitter accounts um but just other things that that come up um that we're really enjoying uh within the star wars world and and there is a lot to be looking forward to in 2020 so it's gonna be really good um but we are going to be starting that hopefully in January. Uh, things kind of got a little pushed around with the holiday schedules and with the film. I think we anticipated it coming out a little bit earlier, but things happen, guys. It just it didn't happen, but it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and one of the ways that you can sign up is that we are actually going to be doing another listener survey, which you can – it should be live now if you're listening to this on Saturday the 11th. Um, We did this, what, two years ago on our second year anniversary. We did a listener survey where we just kind of got, it was completely anonymous. Every question was optional. And we just kind of got some more information about who you are, what your favorite thing in Star Wars is, what you'd like to see more from, from the podcast, kind of some other questions like that. And it was really helpful for us in just kind of getting to know our listener base uh, a little bit more. Because as we mentioned at Celebration, you guys can, some of you can recognize us by our voices when we're just walking around on a show floor. Um, But we want the opportunity to know you all a little bit better too, if we can, even if we can't hear all of your voices. (laughs) So uh, at the end of that survey, there will be an opportunity for you to sign up for our newsletter if you're interested. And even if you're not interested in the newsletter and would like to fill out the survey, it would be a lovely birthday present for the podcast. Um, And yeah, it just, it really does help us get to know you guys more and it helps us plan more for the upcoming year. And it, that's really yeah. that's really where we get the information from yeah. is 
we want to know what you guys want to listen to and what we should be talking about because Star Wars is so vast. There's so much to talk about. I know you guys want us to talk about The Rise of Skywalker. Probably. I'm going to guess. <laughs> um, but what else do you want us to hear? What, what else yeah. do you want to hear? Like Clone Wars, other stuff. You know, there's so much that is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you interested in? Yeah, because we've got a lot of ideas, but uh, sometimes they're not good ideas. So. <laughs> <laughs> So we want to solicit ideas from you, too. So that will be up uh, if you're listening to this when this episode comes out on the 11th, which very fortuitous this year as well is the 11th is our actual Sky Talkers birthday. Um, uh, and I know. It's a Saturday. It's, a Saturday. it's just so I good. Like there are only good omens. <laughs> I agree. Yes. Maybe hindsight really is 2020. Yes. <laughs> I, re- I tried so hard to make that a thing like on the podcast and Twitter last year and kind of was but it also kind of wasn't so yeah <laughs> i'll put the link though in the description of um like the show notes yes. for to sign up for the newsletter and then also to do the survey which will also have a link to sign up for the newsletter yes. in it Whew. okay i think we are ready to actually start <laughs> yes. the celebration episode uh and in typical Sky Talkers fashion, it is going to be in three parts. And in part one, we are going to be doing our updated Star Wars dinner question. I know everyone's so excited for that. Yes. Uh, part two, we're going to be answering Patreon questions. And then in part three, we're going to be answering all of our other questions from Twitter, email, and Instagram. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first? Okay, welcome to part one where we are doing our updated Star Wars dinner question. I feel like I shouldn't even have to explain this anymore, right? Right? Do it, Caitlin. We probably gained a lot of new people from The Rise of Skywalker. I, you always make me do it. And or, I'll do it. I'll it. do it. You, you know did what? I'll it one time it. and it was so much better. And <laughs> I was like, about why? on the podcast before. So let's talk about it because I think it's really funny. <laughs> okay, so the thing is, is that when we had our first guest on, I don't remember, it was Savannah. <laughs> It was Savannah. <laughs> it was, Savannah was our very first guest back in 2017 for the Dorky Diva, whom we still love very dearly today, and and Brian and their show, the Dorky Diva. And um, but we were like, okay, so like for this is like when we decided back in 2017, we we're like with every guest, we're gonna ask them the Star Wars dinner question. But the thing is, is that the Star Wars dinner question is like so completely made up. And Charlotte was like, you have to explain it, Caitlin, because we were both really nervous about our interview with Savannah, which is hilarious in hindsight. 2020. It's so funny. We talked to Savannah like she just texted me. Like we talked to Savannah all the time. Yeah, but we were so nervous. (laughs) Um, And and so I explained it in the most convoluted way, and I've slowly gotten better at explaining it. But it's always convoluted. And Charlotte, whenever we would have guests on, and we and we've had um, you know a couple other podcasters, some authors, and of course when we interviewed Vader Immortal, um, and she always made me do it. And then after, I can't remember when it was, but it was sometime late last year. You were like, oh, we have to ask the Star Wars dinner question. Just say such and such. And Charlotte explained it perfectly in like a sentence. And she explained the history behind it, like within our friendship, and then also like what the guests needed to do. And I was like, what? I was like, this you? concise like answer totally <laughs> was, bottled for this. Perfect. And I was like, you have made me do this. For three years now, and I'm not good at it because you said that you were worse at it, and here you are with this perfect explanation. And this I was is so appalled. much pressure if I have to explain this now. I think you have to explain it now. I think you need to explain the history and like 
what we do. Okay, I'll try. So <laughs> we just love to ask people, who are the five people, fictional or non, that you would like to invite to a dinner? And the, the object of the game is like really great conversation. Oh my God, perfect. I think you just need to record that as a soundbite and then we can insert it into all of our interviews. <laughs> Everyone would notice that it was the same thing over and yeah, over again. Yeah, but if people listen to this, they would think it's funny. True, 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 true. Yeah. It'd be like an in-joke. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, Charlotte and I used to play this game all the time growing up, like yeah. in, in middle and high school. Okay, Caitlin, do you want to give like a brief synopsis of the years past before we yes. get a new one? So we're going to dive into our, our previous years uh, and who we invited. So in 2017, Charlotte invited Ryan Johnson saying, I just want to know things. She also invited Gareth Edwards, Freddie Prince Jr., <laughs> With a wild card, <laughs> which I totally stand by still after the rant. There's a reason. <laughs> so funny. Let me finish your dinner. We'll go back to Freddie. So Ryan, because you wanted to know things, Gareth Edwards, Freddie Prince Jr., Carrie Fisher, and Dave Filoni, whom you also said, I want to see what comes out at the dinner. The Freddie Prince Jr. thing is hilarious because for the next two years, we were like, WTF, why did you invite Freddie Prince Jr.? And then he had that rant this year, that fabulous rant, and we we're like, oh, this is why. That's why. <laughs> We're like, remember when you invited him to dinner in 2017? <laughs> so great. Um, my 2017 dinner was Dave Filoni, Gareth Edwards, and I said, I want Dave and Gareth to host their own podcast, which I still think would be really fun. Um, Carrie Fisher, Ewan McGregor, and Mark Hamill. In 2018, Charlotte's dinner was George Lucas, Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson, John Williams, and Carrie Fisher. My 2018 dinner was Adam Driver, Dave Filoni, John Boyega, Carrie Fisher, and Ryan Johnson. I think it's hilarious because this is the only year that Adam Driver took the number one spot away from Dave Filoni. <laughs> was this 2018? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the height of the thirst. Total, totally on brand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in 2019, Charlotte's uh, Skytalker Star Wars dinner was George Lucas, Ryan Johnson, Dave Filoni, Adam Driver, and Kathleen Kennedy. And my dinner, which is actually like I don't think any dinner will ever top this dinner. I stand by this dinner 158%. was Dave Filoni, Ryan Johnson, Count Dooku, Laura Santeca, and Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> the half fictional and then half just like really insanely brainy creators. It was I love it. it. Was my, Iconic. It really was. I think my my like I I like I love this dinner so much because I want Dave and Ryan to just like talk about things, but then I also I want See, I'm going to sit by Dave and Ryan, and then I'm going to put Kaz next to Count Dooku, and then I'm also going to sit next to Lars and Tekka. And I feel like Dooku and Lars and Tekka would bring, like, an element of class to the dinner, but then Kaz would just completely ruin it and, like, spill wine on Count Dooku's pajamas. I think it'd be really effective and great. And then I also anticipate that, like, by the end of the night, after we've all had a couple of glasses, that we'll be watching fan videos and reading fan fiction, and then Dave will be sketching it all, and I'll get to keep all the sketches. Wow. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never considered the sketching aspect of the Dave Filoni at the dinner. I mean, Dave comes to my dinner every year, every year. So I feel like that's a bonus that I never considered. Wow. <laughs> I was like, wow, the concept. Bring him like a notepad. You know what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We'd play Pictionary. No. 
unless it's like Star Wars scenario Pictionary. Scenario. I think I think it'd be really fun. Or rather, I just have like one of those really big like giant post-it note presentation board things, you know, you know, and I just let yeah. Dave go mm-hmm. and have him draw the world between worlds. That's what I was about to say. <sighs> okay. Unblur it, babe. <laughs> like, let's get rid of it. <laughs> Unblur it, babe. <laughs> okay. So, Charlotte, who was your first guest at 2020's dinner? Okay. He comes every year. Ryan Johnson. Gotta have Ryan Johnson. My dinners, I have to say, I have to preface this. I feel like my dinners are so, like, I don't really ever bring, we'll talk about this later, fiction, fictional characters. I feel like I am really all about getting the 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 behind the scenes knowledge the upcoming secrets I want to know it all Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's why I always want to invite really like brainy people like I said like Ryan Johnson and Dave Filoni so Ryan is my number one my number one is Dave Filoni (laughs) wow (laughs) wow (laughs) I'm shocked (laughs) wow Okay, who's your number two? Okay, this is a wild card. Kiri Hart. (gasps) I almost invited her this year. (laughs) I want the tea. Give me the tea. I also want to know. I don't know. I feel like she was so fond of the Kylo Ren character and had such a hand in developing Rey and Kylo Ren and these new characters that I just, I really want to, I don't know, I want to talk to her. I think that she would be, every time she speaks, anytime she does an interview, I'm like, wow, you are so impressive and I'd love to take you to coffee. I'd love to have dinner with you. That's a good, that's a good one. I I was this close to inviting her. I was really close. Okay. My second invite goes to Ryan Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) We are boring. (laughs) Okay. I don't need to say why. You all know why. <laughs> Who's your third pick? Dave Filoni. Oh my god! Yay! <laughs> He's here. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> okay, my third pick is a brand new invite this year. It goes to Gina Carano. Wow! <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's so great. She's Please so, come on Sky Talkers. I feel like I feel like she I feel like she's such like a new Star Wars fan too that I think it would just be so fun to just show her again, I want my dinner to always end with fan fiction and fan bits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think she would just be like overwhelmed. And I put on like a slideshow of all of the Cara Dune fan art and she would be like, Oh my god. She would be like, Wow. <laughs> Yeah. And yeah, wow, I love Mandalorian representation here. Right? Like, I know. That's great. It kind of came out of left field for me, not going to lie. But I thought everyone yeah. was like, oh my God, she has to come. She'd be so much yes. fun. And number one, I feel like she should, she could show, show me some really cool moves. But then number two, I also like a caveat of her coming is that her, uh, when she went, when they did the Mandalorian press conference and she had that amazing Padme hairstyle, oh I would God, also yes. get that too done. Like my own <laughs> uh, Padme inspired hairstyle for dinner. Yes. I love it. Okay. Thank you. All right. Who is your number four? Adam Driver. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But it's really because I love him, but also because I really just feel like he can now open up about everything he knows about 
the character of Ben Solo. Mm -hmm. And we're at a point right now where, you know, I just watched a clip from an interview that was recorded at the press day. I sent this to you, Caitlin, a couple hours ago, where an interview asked, uh, an interviewer asked him, does he know things about the Kylo Ren character that isn't present on the screen? And he said, yes. And I want to know that. So (laughs) I'd be (laughs) very happy to have dinner with him. I think it would take him a lot to open up, though, about it. But I think it would be worth it. Any sort of like scrap of him talking about Kylo Ren or Kylo Ren Ben Solo, anything like that, the way he conceptualized the character and how much he has known about the character, I need to know. I want to know it so bad. Yeah, I think that's good. Um, Obviously, I think it's good. I mean, I'll be there, too. So, yeah. (laughs) Okay, my fourth pick is also new to dinner this year, and that that is Matt Martin. Yes, <laughs> for much of the same reason you invited Carrie is that I just I need I need some hot tea spilled, and I feel like <laughs> the combo of Matt Ryan and Dave. Wow, I feel wow. like if you gave Dave enough penguins merch, if you brought a lobster sweater for Ryan, and I don't really know what Matt likes, but I'll bring it. I feel like I could really get the conversation going with some things I want to know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I also just think Matt is like a wealth of knowledge. His, him working on super cool projects like Galaxy's Edge and Vader Immortal. Yeah. I, I, there's still so much I want to know. The way he talks about Star Wars is really engaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he also – we have that incredible soundbite of him asking, yes. is that a Filoni is hat? Is that a Filoni hat? <laughs> from our interview at the very end because we were in our dave cosplay but we obviously weren't wearing hats because we're professionals (laughs) (laughs) but we're in our wolfgang dresses and at one point we were like oh my god look at the back of her sweaters it says ahsoka lives (laughs) Uh, but at the end of the interview we like grabbed our hats from underneath the the chairs and you hear matt is that a felony hat (laughs) perfect it's great it's great uh, very good answer. Okay. Who is your last invite? This is, if you know me, this is no surprise. If you, I'm sure everyone's thinking it. And if you're not, get on my level because <laughs> we're bringing Redeem Ben Solo back from the dead and he's coming to dinner. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> well, you're is that a wow time. or what? Uh, it's, it's a wow. What? <laughs> <laughs> you really went for it with like the Adam Driver and the redeemed Ben Solo. I know what I'm about. Actually, you know, Charlie, I'm not. I'm going to say this. I feel like you might need to rethink it because we know that Adam doesn't like watching his own films. So I don't know oh, no. about having like a living, breathing <laughs> Ben Solo. You'd oh, no. <laughs> be too much. <laughs> Okay, my dinner exists in a universe of it. That's not true. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. Perfect. (laughs) Done. Great. Okay, that being said. Panicking a little bit. I keep genuinely panicking. That's the thing. This is all real. Um, if, if you know in that universe, I think this is an excellent dinner because then I think Adam would just give a lot of crap to redeem and Ben Solo, and it'd be really fun to see. It'd be so great because you'd have Adam who's looking at it from like an actor's perspective, and then you'd have Ben Solo who's actually Ben Solo, and Adam would be like, "I think that I would do this," and then Ben Solo would be like, "No, I wouldn't," and Adam would be like, "I created you," and he'd be like, "Death of the author," and then you would have. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then you have Ryan there too. I'm like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> so I think Kiri over there being like, yes. <laughs> you and Kiri taking pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Kiri can sit next to Adam Driver. You can sit next to Redeem Ben Solo. And then. <laughs> oh, I love it so yeah. much. Wow. Uh, yeah, Flawless. very much. Good, good choice. Good choice. <laughs> Okay, who's your last pick? My last pick is definitely out of left field. It's definitely like Cass level of out of left field. And I'm inviting Billy Lord. <gasps> Whoa. I know. <laughs> I'm surprised. I know. Why? I, I was – this last spot was very difficult for me. And I decided – I know that we talk about the, 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 the dinner as like what are you going to get out of it. And really, I just want to have a good time with people that are going to – well, this year, I want to have a bit of a caddy uh, dinner. <laughs> Mm-hmm. talk about a lot of things but i also want it to eventually end like i said in fan fiction and fan videos and you know just like lounging in the living room with like port and on like a like up at that mansion from knives out this is what i want like i, I go all in how about a carrie fisher's house like that would be so cool too. no i want it to billy be snowing it's not snowing in la and i'll, I'll feel oh, too okay. sad if i'm there honestly that's true i, I that's want true. billy to bring me like a hostess gift from carrie's house <laughs> you want a memento yeah i do (laughs) but i also think i like i i usually i don't invite like enough ladies and billy you know is like around our age and i just think it would be really fun to become best friends with her i feel like that would we would have a good time and then i think gina there too would be great and like ryan and dave billy knows ryan and gina knows dave like everyone knows each other and matt matt knows all of them so wow i just think It'd be like very balanced. It's three girls, three guys. Everything is it's a balance. <laughs> it's just it's a balance. Yes. And if some I things can't That's be balanced, great. at least my dinner can be. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, solid year. Yeah. Maybe our best yet. Yeah. Yeah. Very different. I'm I'm I think it's really funny because the way you said like it's about what we get out of it. And in that way, the dinner is so self serving. And Hasn't it always it's funny. Been? Be- it's always self-serving. I just want to reflect on the dinner concept just a little bit because I think that what's so fun about it is that it really kind of dis- distills down like what you're most interested in, at least at this moment in mm-hmm. Star Wars. And it's really all about you rather than like the creator. I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I love hearing everyone's. I think Annalise's when she invited Baby Yoda. Oh, it's amazing. Um, yeah, I was shocked and I loved that. <laughs> and I <laughs> I love being shocked in the creativity of people mm-hmm. um, who come on the show and and deliver their dinners. And I I just think it always says something about the person, if not just their personality or what they're interested in in Star Wars at the moment. Yeah, it, it's also just such a good track of, of what's going on in Star Wars, too. I mean, you know, our <laughs> yes. 2017 dinners were like, Gareth Edwards, he's coming. <laughs> and Friday... <laughs> And then, well, it's funny is that in 2017, after that, that was after Rogue One, obviously, in Gareth Edwards, I think that there was a level of wanting to invite Gareth Edwards because we wanted to know a little bit more about the behind the scenes about like what actually happened on the set of Rogue One. And like, what is what did all that mean? And what is Gareth's relationship to Star Wars now, given, I don't know, his his directing credit on Rogue One, but that didn't necessarily ma- mean he made the majority of the movie. It's kind of confusing. And I I remember being perplexed and intrigued by that, which is why I wanted to invite him. I just wanted Dave and Gareth to host a podcast. 
Yeah, and I get yeah. that. <laughs> it's funny, too, because you <laughs> invited Ryan, and that must have been right after, very shortly after he was announced uh, for – actually, it wouldn't have been that shortly. He'd been announced for a while at that point. Um, yeah. But it was still before we really had anything from The Last Jedi. So it was like, okay, you know, Rogue One is done. There was so much mystery then about what Ryan would deliver. And I remember there was just so much conversation about how, like, Ryan has made the best Star Wars movie ever. I agree with that. But it's just it's interesting given how divisive The Last Jedi was, in at least in mm-hmm. fandom, and uh, how, like, looking back on that time, Ryan Johnson really was, like, this buzzword that everyone was like, what's he going to be like? What is his style? Wow. What is he going to bring to Star Wars? And I I loved talking about that and thinking about that. And I'm sure if we had the directors for which at the time of recording, who knows what's going to, you know, you never know when Star Wars news drops, but um, we don't know what the next Star Wars story is. And if it was someone that I was really intrigued by and I thought um, about it a lot, I would probably put them on my dinner too. But I think I was really invested in seeing how The Last Jedi, yeah. what that would even I look like. I think in our earlier yeah. dinners, it was like we wanted to know what the next steps were. And I think last yeah. year and this year, my dinner is more about having a good time and just talking about Star Wars. I don't necessarily need them to tell me what's coming next. I'll, I'll take it, yeah. you know, if they want to divulge i will take it but that's not that's not the purpose but you're right it, it is kind of funny how the dinner is quite selfish <laughs> um mm-hmm. but i love it that's why yeah, it exists. exactly that is exactly why it exists so i hope that i hope you guys enjoyed our 2020 dinners they were very different this is the first time charlotte's invited a character i feel like that's a big deal and no one's surprised it's been yeah. like seriously <laughs> no, no i'm not surprised i'm surprised you invited a character but if you were it's the action of taking him back from the dead. I almost thought you were going to say Padme, and then I was like, it's not Padme. We're going to invite we're gonna invite Ben <laughs> as you we were talking. Yeah. That's where I am right now. <laughs> he just needs a good meal. He, he does. Never got to, he never got He's to so eat tired. Solo. Oh, my God. You don't know. He could have got some snacks okay. before right. he, like, sprinted okay. like crazy. Right. He, needed some, he needed some carbs. He needed some pasta to run that fast. <laughs> He carbo-loaded before he went to the restaurant. Ben leaving the Death Star, somehow leaving the Death Star, <laughs> getting to the first order, chowing down on some cafeteria spaghetti, and then being like, Hux, I gotta go. Peace out. Taking off this tunic. <laughs> I mean, no, just imagine he's already, like, <laughs> after he throws the lightsaber, he takes off everything but the tunic, right? He gets to the to, to the first order, goes to the cafeteria, but he's redeemed Ben Solo. <laughs> Everyone is like, what is going on? It's literally undercover yeah, boss. Is, but he's not undercover. He's not wearing the mask. And he's just like <laughs> shoveling in marinara and breadsticks. <laughs> we were robbed. We were robbed. <laughs> Our only hope needed. is SNL in a couple weeks. Yes, please. Fingers crossed. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed our 2020 dinners. And you guys know you can always send us your 2020 dinners through our email or uh, Twitter or anywhere else you can find us. We love getting them. We do. We really do. Okay. So let's move on to talk about and answer some Patreon questions. Okay, so welcome to part two where we're going to be answering your Patreon questions. So these questions came to us through Patreon, and I think we're just going to dive right in, if that's okay. 
It is. Our first question, actually, we had like a repeat question situation. So our first question is from Courtney and Katie. What is the number one thing you're most hoping to see in the new Clone Wars season? Anakin and Ahsoka. Yeah, me too. Talking about their feelings. (laughs) Absolutely. I think there's a lot of conversation right now about how we're going to have to see Order 66 again. And I actually didn't even really consider that until our friend Melissa posted this tweet that went viral. Um, about it and I was like oh my god so true I know that Dave had talked about like going through order 66 if he got to finish Clone Wars and I don't know if that's going to happen in this season but if it does I'm ready to get my heart ripped out because watching order 66 in Revenge of the Sith after you watch Clone Wars is so heartbreaking if that Mm -hmm. scene didn't do anything to you before it definitely does things to you (laughs) When you go go back into it, and I can't imagine seeing it through Ahsoka's eyes. Oh, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yeah, I I really hope that we, I hope that, <laughs> I hope that we just get time with these characters to see them moving into this really tumultuous time and what that means for each of them. I hope they get time to talk to each other and like sort out those emotions um, because I didn't necessarily get that <laughs> in The Rise of Skywalker. And uh, these are these are kind of the next set of characters that I care the most about. And so I really hope that we do get some breathing room in the Clone Wars. And that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing the animation style as well. What we've seen so far looks absolutely incredible. I have a poop TV, but I, I know it will still shine. <laughs> Caitlin, you need a new TV. I do. This TV is an old roommate's husband's sister's TV. You need a new TV. It's I time. Know. I know. Uh, for the Clone Wars, you need it to do you need to do it for Dave and all those animation specialists <laughs> who worked so hard. Listen, so if hard. Dave would freaking release a sketchbook, then I'll buy a new TV. Wow. Wow. A TV's contingent on the sketchbook. Amazing. <laughs> Laying the gauntlet down. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's what I'm most excited for. Um I think it's I think it's gonna be great. I'm very much looking forward to it. Yeah. So our next question is from Joey. How long do you think it will be until we get post tross stories? And what medium would you prefer those stories to be in? Oh Joey. <laughs> I think this is a really hard question. Um, if you guys have listened to our reaction episode or follow us on Twitter, you know that we're not the warmest towards the rise of Skywalker. So I think I'm okay with it being a while. And and I don't know if your question, Jerry, refers to like post-Tross as far as with Ray, Finn, and Poe and with Rose and with the Resistance or if it's, you know, 300 years after the rise of Skywalker. Uh, I know that I am not ready to revisit immediately after the rise of Skywalker for quite some time. And yeah. so I, I don't know what medium I would want that in right now because I'm not I'm not excited for that timeline right now. And I know that's kind of a bummer answer, but that's kind of the honest answer right now. But in terms of, I think it will be a year or two until we get something like that. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. For all I know, they've already developed stories. Who knows? Yeah, I I think we'll probably live in between until I think think anything besides movies – I think we'll probably live within the Phantom Menace to the Rise of Skywalker timeline, maybe kind of going in and out of those timelines a little bit, but nothing too crazy. 
uh, at least for a while. I think yeah. maybe there have definitely been a lot of rumors. I don't know how founded they are about, you know, 300 years before the Phantom Menace or after the Rise of Skywalker or a thousand years or something like that. And I think that'd be really great to see. But I think yeah. it'll probably be a while. I think I want new characters and I'm ready for mm-hmm. that. Yeah, me too. Because I'm still really shocked by how much hold the sequel trilogy new characters had over me. And I I still remember not expecting that at all. I never expected that I'd be so invested in a dynamic like Ray and Kylo again in my 20s. Like I was with Anakin and Padme when I was in my teens. And I, I feel like I just was really surprised by that. And I hope that something similar happens again because I need that I loved it you know yeah yeah I think new characters would be really great um, especially because these ones were so well done and we Mm -hmm. did care about them so much so it'd be fun to see what a new dynamic if that will uh, grab us like Ray and Kylo did I'm sure it will Uh, I just wonder what it will look like yeah Okay, our next question is from Rachel, who asked, what is the most exciting time slash your favorite memory from the past few years that was a direct result of the sequel trilogy content? It's hard not to say the celebration, our podcast stage, and that was a, like a direct response to the Rise of Skywalker teaser. But I would probably say watching The Last Jedi in theaters, mm. I think, was an experience that I'll never forget. I knew nothing about the movie going into it and I was it totally took hold of me and kind of changed basically the trajectory of how I thought about Star Wars forever and I think that that is probably it was a scary time after the last Jedi there was a lot of conflicting emotions from a lot of different people but it really was at least the year and a year and a half after the last Jedi was like the most exciting time in fandom for me where I felt people were being so creative with their ideas and their theories and metas and everything like that, that it was so exciting. I never felt like that. I never felt that about Star Wars before. It really like took hold of me. And that was all because of the sequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the, like Charlotte, the podcast stage is probably the, the most exhilarating time we've, we've had right as a direct result of the sequel trilogy. I think um, I mean, I, I think The Last Jedi too, but honestly, like The Last Jedi, even coming out of it was just so challenging. Mm-hmm. But I remember my first viewing of The Force Awakens was just so like also exhilarating. The first 20 minutes of The the Force Awakens is like one of my all-time favorite Star Wars memories. I love it so much. I talk about it so much here on the show, but it really is. It's just for me, it was everything to be seeing that film in theaters with you starting this new trilogy together. It was just, it was so important. And I always look back really fondly on that memory and that that sequence in the movie just it it's never dulled for me yeah. at all. So I think probably that um, The Last Jedi 2 just come I mean you guys know we love The Last Jedi. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think probably The Force Awakens though, honestly. It was really like The Last Jedi I was so anxious about sitting down in that first viewing you know what's gonna happen to luke what's gonna happen to ray and kylo what's gonna happen to leia all of those questions but the the force awakens was just pure adrenaline yeah that's true i was really anxious for the last jedi wow (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's i i've had fun at every single well most movie viewings 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're in our feelings. We're just going to have to let us go. <laughs> uh, okay. Our next question was from Tom the Fanboy. He asks, what is your least favorite canon romance? And if you were shipping Ben and Ray with anyone else in the saga films, regardless of timelines, who would it be? And since you're quote unquote ship people now, your favorite starfighter from the saga films. <laughs> um, I love this dual shipping question. Same. It's so good. Yeah. It's a balance. Um, <laughs> least favorite canon romance is so hard for me because I have uh, – I feel like I have a controversial take on this, and it's I'm very, it's not I'm very like, interested in your in your. It's answer. not like least favorite because I think I genuinely love any romance in anything. If people kiss, if there's any sort of flirtation, I love it. But I think the one that I'm least interested in, and I wish I was interested in it, is Obi Wan and Satine. What? Yeah, I don't care. Like I literally like every time what? I see, yeah see something about it, I'm just like. Oh my god, the Great. queen and the Jedi, they both know they can never be together. <laughs> it's great. I just I never know love it, the implications. You. I just I don't know. I'm I'm not like You don't cry when she dies? I do. That's what I'm saying is that choosing a least favorite is like really hard. It's just if I could rank them, they'd probably be on the bottom. Okay. No. You know who's on the bottom is Owen and Baru. <laughs> No way. And they're just on the bottom. The thing they're they're on the bottom is because I just don't know anything about them. That's why they're on the bottom. I just like I can't imagine that Baru is happy. Like that's true. Just I don't I don't know. Just being on Tatooine with Owen, I don't know. Like Owen doesn't seem super great. (laughs) I guess they are because they took in Luke. I have no idea. The thing is I just don't know enough about them. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe it's Kleeg and Shmi. Because like No, no, no way. I don't know. There's just like a lot of dynamics of strange things going on with marriages and relationships on Tatooine. And I can't honestly say that I'm for it. <laughs> I get that. Um, but yeah, those are only – I guess I could only put those as my as like the bottom because I don't know about them. And that's yeah. the reason. They could be really great. You know? So mm-hmm. I don't. I don't really know. But yeah, it's really it's just really hard for me to choose a least favorite because I love it all. Like I can't believe that you would even have that as an option. It's so anxious. I just don't love it. I'm sorry. I just don't love so, it. You know, <laughs> every year we get this question. I don't actually know if we have it this year, but we usually get this question about what are something you and I disagree with in Star Wars, and we don't really have things we disagree on. But now we do. <laughs> we do though. The lightsaber toss in the Last Jedi. Oh, well, we do. That's the number one thing. Right. That's the number one thing, and you're wrong. <laughs> No, I'm right. I'm still right. So wrong. <laughs> uh, like makes my skin crawl. You're so wrong. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Okay. And since you're sh- – oh, and who would we ship Ben and Ray with if it wasn't with each other? Anyone in the saga films? Uh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I actually – I have sequel trilogy answers. I do too. Go. You, you go first. <laughs> I want to do Ben and Rose and then Ray and Hux. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, okay. I. This is, again, controversial. I still think, even though it was left on the floor, um, think any sort of dynamic between Ben and Finn is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I think that 
I, I don't know. I, anytime I see like a Finlow art, like I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to say I saw the sparks with Finn in The Force Awakens. I, I really love Rey and Kylo. I do. But I remember turning to you in The Force Awakens and being like, okay, I ship them. Do you remember oh, yeah. that? Oh, yeah. I don't think you can watch The Force Awakens and not be like, I mean, when Finn says, I ran into you. Like I, I know, so it's, good. It's like oh, heart wrenching. I so think I, that... I think that they they wrote. I think they wrote it as a friendship after that. But I think yeah. that if I were to do anything else, I would say Finn and Ray. I think mine, my are based on like fan art that I've seen, and I haven't seen mm-hmm. enough Ben and Rose fan art. But I just like I feel like Rose would treat Ben like redeemed Ben the way that she treats. Finn in The Last Jedi, like, if he ever, like, annoyed her or something, she just tase him. Wow. And, and like, the tall and small also really attracts me. Can't lie. Love that trope. And yeah. I think it would just be, like, a very – I think it would be super soft. Like, just really soft. And they would, like, do mechanical things together, too. I think it would be really great. And then Ray and Hux is if Hux has – like, it's, 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 like, if we had gotten the callus, if we had gotten hot callus but for Hux in The Rise of Skywalker, it would be with that. Because I also think that would be really funny too, like watching – I feel like Hux is super clean and neat and Ray is not. And I think that that would be funny to watch too. <laughs> yeah. And do you remember there was this video going around after – Yes. I think after I love that video. It was Hux. a celebration. It was, it, was, it was two cosplayers with a Hux and a Ray cosplayer. And Hux is just complaining about Kylo and how he is just a hot mess and Ray is just eating the whole time like she's eating whatever <laughs> she can get her hands on and Hux is just is just ranting and venting the entire time it's so fun it's hilarious and I just I think that's why I thought of Hux and Ray <laughs> it's like I was thinking of that video <laughs> so good it's very actually good. I totally agree with that actually yeah um, okay so in terms of favorite starfighter my favorite starfighter is the Jedi starfighter Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, man, I do love the I do love the Jedi Starfighter. Wow. It's so good. Yeah, I mean I really like Poe's X Wing. Like <laughs> the black one? The black and orange one. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. That's a that's a good answer. I agree yeah. with that. Yeah. I really like that one. And I can't pick the Colossus, so <laughs> no, you can't. Okay. <laughs> this is from Swara. Do you think The Rise of Skywalker would have been a better film if all the characters were rendered with the same digital fur technology they used for the motion picture Cats and had song and dance numbers? And to that, I say, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I would have to give a hearty agreement. <laughs> I think you're on to something here, Swara. I really do. Star Wars needs more dance numbers. You know, it's like now that we're done with the saga films, I think we could go for a straight rom-com. Star Pivot Wars, to musical. To a musical. <laughs> I think. I mean, what if we had like a cross of cats with like in the Heights slash Hamilton <laughs> in like Naboo during the Phantom Menace timeline? I mean, genius. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I think that'd be good. 
Okay. Our next question is – thank you, Swara. <laughs> our next question is from Demi who asks, in retrospect, what was your biggest misunderstanding considering Star Wars, something you got wrong as a teenager or kid? I've had so many misunderstandings about Star Wars. I feel like I'm constantly learning from it, which is why I, I love it. But I think as a kid, I never understood – the political this is such a boring answer but the political stuff kind of went over my head even as a kid and I would try to get it and I thought it was stupid at some point in my life and then I totally changed and thought it was really important it was a very short-lived time (laughs) yeah exactly I don't know what about you I think I think for me I think I had I think after the last Jedi I kind of re-examined how I thought about the force and the idea of balance and like good and bad. And I think that that was something I like naturally as a part of growing up was learning, but seeing as far as, you know, the the good and bad parts in people, like we're not all one thing, but seeing it represented in Star Wars was really cool and eye-opening because I think growing up as a kid and, and um, really before we started super thinking analytically about Star Wars, it was like, oh, the Empire is bad and the Jedi are good. And, you know, it wasn't until – I don't think I, th- I don't think that we initially, like, saw the flaws of the Jedi. It was like, oh, wow, the Jedi, especially because that was during the Clone Wars era and we were just loving the adventure. But then as we started, like, continuing to watch the Clone Wars and you you start to pick up more on the undertones of what they're telling you in that show. And, and that's not something that I think we necessarily saw or were paying attention to. Uh, in the first, the first, like in our first exposure to that timeline, really. And so I think that that's something that has just kind of been growing. And, and for me, anyway, The Last Jedi really like pulled it all into focus. And I was like, oh, okay. So Kevin asks, which Knives Out cast member would you want Ryan Johnson to carry over into his Star Wars project? And what kind of character would they play? This is such a fun question. <laughs> I know it really is. And I would probably say Ana de Armas. And I think so, too. Any character. Literally any character. <laughs> Play anyone. Play a dark Jedi. Right? Do it. Right? Tony Collette, I think, would be so fun. <laughs> I can't believe I just I have to yeah I totally agree I have to back up I can't believe I just said dark Jedi I I meant dark cider (laughs) 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 I didn't even (laughs) pick up on it uh yeah I think I just I mean can we have a Star Wars murder mystery can uh Blanc go to the galaxy far far away to solve a mystery I mean please please that's actually what I want and I I mean imagine imagine Daniel Craig in a scene and the murder has happened in Dex's diner. The thing is, is that I, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm with you. I was like, I feel like you're not appreciating this image of Daniel. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm thinking about how the whole, the Disney purchase happened and the whole idea of the anthologies was exploring different genres with star Wars. Mm -hmm. And they kind of tried it with rogue one and they started uh, like on like pen to paper with like, no, we're going to do a war movie. And it kind of never really materialized. And even with uh, Solo, I think they wanted it to be like more like a heist movie. And I wouldn't even really categorize that as such. And I think that they were, they had started with this whole idea of our anthology movies are going to be really experimental when it comes to all these different genres. And it's something that we talked about a lot too. And I think about how we're having this conversation about like a murder mystery in Star Wars, but that was, those were conversations that we were having years ago about what the future of Star Wars was even like. And I still think there's room for it. Um, 
maybe on Disney Plus or maybe that's what Ryan Johnson brings. I mean, he's just seems like he's the master of genre bending now. Yeah, I think, yeah, that was what the the anthologies were always kind of posited as this, like you said, experiment. And it wasn't necessarily all about the box office numbers. At least you would like to think that, right? Because you know that you're kind of taking a risk on something that's a little bit different and outside the box. But it hasn't necessarily materialized. So I I, I would like to see something very different. We talk about all that all the time, like a political thriller in like a yes. real hardcore political thriller uh, or a murder mystery, a rom-com, you know, high style animation like Miyazaki. You know, there are all these different avenues. And I think that the, I think that the animation department has played around with these. I mean, you've got the whole sometimes theirs can be very on the nose, which I think you you don't enjoy as much. I think it's kind of fun. But, you know, like yeah. the whole Hitchcock homage with the with Ahsoka's, the Godzilla, the Jaws. We even got a little bit of like a smidge of like Howl's Moving Castle and Rebels, you know. I, I think that those are all really fun touches and, and really exciting too and show that they can be successful. So I just – I don't understand why we're not doing it yet <laughs> in other avenues. So anyway. Yeah. I would like to see it. And yeah, I think I think Blanc doing a murder mystery in Dex's diner where the murder happened is what I want to see. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But I really do hope that Ryan carries over Anna into his next Star Wars project because mm-hmm. I thought she did such a good job in Knives Out. And I think that it would be great to see her in Star Wars. She, she did. She absolutely did. And Anna is coming too, as is Tony Collette. <laughs> so – they're yes. all coming with. They're all, they're all coming. coming with Blanc to Texas Diner to solve the mystery. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. Yes. <laughs> the next question from Allison. She asks, "What is each of your favorite book, and what are some of your favorite romances outside of Star Wars?" Um, my favorite book is *Pale Fire* by Vladimir Nabokov, which is a very intense book <laughs> that um, starts in a poem Fire. and then as a story Such a title. It, I know. And then it has like a really intense, um, like, oh, what's the word? I'm blanking right now, but it has a really intense table of contents that actually refers to the the narrative itself. It's really intense. I love it because it's super, super nerdy. And I had never read a book like it before and it sticks out. But yeah, I think that would probably be my favorite book. Or Withering Heights, which I also think is probably my favorite romance. Mm. I love... Um- Fahrenheit 451 is probably my favorite book. I also love Shadow of the Wind is my favorite novel. It's about like 1940s Barcelona. um, And it's a book about books, which I love books about books. (laughs) And that is such like – Shadow of the Wind is such a winding tale. It's just very engrossing. I love it so much. It's one of those books that I wish I could read for the first time again. Uh, My favorite – Books about books, that's like a genre it's that so – that's Pale it's Fire, so too. It's so good. And there's a so good. The, <laughs> the premise is that there's like a cemetery of forgotten books and this this kid – it's like your fate. You go into the cemetery of forgotten books on your like 12th birthday or something and you select the book that is like your book. And Ooh, it's creepy. so good. I mean, it's it's like – it's gothic 1940s Barcelona. It's amazing. And uh, he, he basically picks up this – it's not cursed, but the author – it's kind of cursed. The, the author is forgotten. It's it's great. I love it so much. Uh, and then I also love growing up my favorite series were the Narnia series and Little House on the Prairie. And I frequently return to those novels as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me to like with a straight face not say that 
Harry Potter is one of my mm-hmm. favorite books because yeah. it is. And I don't think that I would be as interested in reading if it wasn't for mm-hmm. those books. Yeah, that's how I feel about Narnia. Uh, so yeah, I didn't read Harry Potter until I was in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> Neither, and I didn't read Narnia until I was in my twenties. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because the the Narnia book, The Magician and His Nephew, is how Dave has explained World Between Worlds. And that novel is – I love The Magician's Nephew is one of my favorites in the Narnia series. So when he said that, I was like – when I first saw World Between Worlds, that was my first association because that's one of the ones I reread the most from the mm-hmm. Narnia series. And I was like, oh, got it. And then yeah. he said it and I was like, yes. <laughs> We're on the same page. <laughs> always. Always, always on, the on the same page. page. Yeah. And I – favorite romances outside of Star Wars, I – I love romance stories. I don't know if I could pick a favorite. I just – I really like romance. I think it's – I don't know. There's just something really hopeful and there's a lot to play around with in it. I've been watching a lot of K-dramas recently this past year. If you follow me on Twitter, you know. And there are some really excellent romances in K-dramas. And I think my favorite last year was Guardian, the Great and Lonely God, which is this magical realism as it gets between like a cursed goblin and the goblin's bride. And that's like a really bad pitch, but it's an amazing story. And that's, I keep revisiting that one <laughs> recently ever since I watched it. So that's my current favorite, but I love romance stories. It's the first thing I look for a lot of times in stories, honestly, is like, is there a couple who are going to put it all on the line for each other? Because they're yeah, the most important thing. And I think there's something really lovely about that. So yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. I like tragic romances. I also, Really, I was just thinking about like the books and romance and like the film adaptations that I really like. And I, something that I think kind of describes about what I like in a tragic romance is the movie and books. I think both are equally brilliant. Atonement yeah. by Ian McEwen. It's just so good. And I think that everything in that movie and book are so executed perfectly. And it, it just makes my heart hurt so much. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Yeah, wow, well, you're right. <laughs> That was such a good one. Yeah. I think, too, you know, sort of in the realm of a lot of our Star Wars discussions this past year was Your Name, too. Oh, my God. That is such a tragic romance. And it's it's terrific. It's it's Mm. just so good if you haven't watched it. I was listening to the soundtrack to that the other day, and I was like, okay, don't cry. (laughs) (laughs) Cannot cry. Cannot cry. Yeah, cannot cry. A uh, very good question, Allison. Yes. Okay. So we're moving on to Twitter questions now. And we're starting with our friend Ian's question. And Savannah asked a similar question. So we're going to lump them together. You get to pitch any Star Wars story you want for a Disney Plus show. What is it and who's in it, live action or animation, and why? Right now, I've said this a couple times. I really wanted. I really want high style animation. I really want a Studio Ghibli weathering with you your name kind of style film. I think it would be so cool. I I also think something exploring the the wartime of the Sith versus the Jedi, like we see on Malachor, I think would be really interesting too. And I think I'm going to stick animation. I don't know if I'd have Dave Filoni direct it. I think it'd be fun to bring someone else in who is super unique. Of course, I think Dave will be very involved in it, but I don't know if he necessarily needs to invite it uh, or to direct it. And I don't don't know who I'd want in it. I think I just want really new people. I think it's always more fun to bring new people into the Star Wars world. 
So because this is where my head's at right now, I just really, really, really want to follow up to episode nine. (laughs) (laughs) That, And if it can be, I'm with you. I want high stylized animation. I think even something that looks like Into the Spider-Verse, everyone was so impressed by that. And including myself, and I don't even really care that much about Spider-Man. Like, I think it was just a really beautiful movie and a really good story. And it seemed like the world thought so, too. And I would love for that to happen with Star Wars again um, and to have something along those lines. And I want a wacky force exploratory version of Rey going into the world between worlds to get Ben and to kind of bring back the balance. I want it. Give it to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Please. (laughs) Yeah, I I 100% would be good with that, too. It's just a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll hear. As much as I don't want post-Tross stuff yeah. for a while, if they announce that tomorrow, I think I'd cry so many happy tears. I just, I want it so bad. Yeah. We can't get into that now. So does the internet, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Angela asked, uh, congratulations on three years. Thank you, Angela. She asked, in your opinion, which woman has the best story arc in all of Star Wars? And who is your p- personal favorite woman in Star Wars? This is such a hard question. Because mm-hmm. it really makes me examine what I find satisfying and what I think the character what did the characters get the narrative they deserved my answer would probably be ahsoka i think ahsoka has had the most transformative narrative and it's not even finished yet um and i think that we've seen that character go from like i don't know point a to point z and again it's not even finished yet Mm -hmm. and we're afforded so many ups and downs and highs and lows with her that it's and that's just really the value of a long format TV show and different you know different TV shows even and I in books and everything like that I think that it really is such a testament to how much people respond to that character by how well her story arc has been conceived and executed. Yeah, I you guys know we're huge Ahsoka fans on here. I actually think and I think maybe because Ahsoka isn't finished yet. Uh, is why I'm going to pick Sabine. I think that your, yes, your question yes. is like, what do I find most satisfying? And of course, I, I find Ahsoka's story very satisfying, but there, I feel like there are a lot of pieces that we still don't have to her story yet, especially in these really kind of critical moments in her life to see her kind of deal with hard things. And I know we have the Ahsoka novel, um, but I I still think that – I think hopefully what I'm hoping we see in Clone Wars is more of that time too. But Sabine, I think hers just is – yep, I've put it on a shelf. <laughs> and it is – I think it's just really well done. And I'm very satisfied. I think she went through a lot in Rebels, especially in season four. She had a lot of personal growth with her family, with her own role in things within the Rebellion and within the Ghost crew and seeing where she ends up at the end. I, I, I feel really satisfied by her story and, and who she became throughout the throughout that series. And she's afforded a lot of room to make mistakes and also grow from her past. And no matter like what she had created that was devastating, I think that there's um, a like a tinge of redemption in in Sabine that is just so wonderful and I I don't know I think I think you're really right about that 
actually. Yeah, I think that I think what I think what's great about Sabine is that the the bulk of the heavy lifting of her story happens within her original medium. And that's super convoluted way of saying most of her character growth happens within Rebels. And I don't mean that to say that I don't enjoy having these other mediums for characters. I think that's such an important part of Star Wars. But like Star Wars, I think Star Wars is, and this might be controversial, but Star Wars is first and foremost a screen franchise. Um, It's where most of its stories live. It's where it tends to uh, prioritize its bigger stories is on the screen. And I think that's like films, TV, video game, especially what we've been seeing from Vader Immortal and Jedi Fallen Order um, recently, most recently, have been super important and super captivating. And they're not the only ones, too. And of course, the books are as well. Some of our favorite characters are novel characters, too. But for me, it's like, honestly, it's disappointing thinking about like our female characters in the saga films, which are arguably the most important Star Wars mediums, at least as of right now. And that we, in order to beef up their stories, we have to go through all these other mediums to find out what's going on with them and where they are at different points in their lives. And some of that is just by nature of like, you know, with Leia, Princess of Alderaan that, you know, that's that's set when way before A New Hope. Of course, we're not going to see that in, you know, the original trilogy timeline. Um, but like with Padme in particular and uh, some things with Rey too. It's just – with Sabine, it's the most satisfying because it uh, most of it does all exist within Rebels and you can watch it all in one place happening. And we, I don't think we have that that same experience with, with like Padme, Leia, and Rey. I agree. That said, my personal favorite woman in Star Wars is Padme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about you? Mine, mine is Ahsoka. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, same. same. <laughs> <laughs> I figured yours was Padme. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully the next the next project does really well with its female characters. I hope so. Always hoping. I gotta say, a, 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 like a a black sheep that has come out of the woodwork, not the woodwork, but out of left field for a favorite female character is the armorer from The Mandalorian. Right? Awesome. <laughs> so awesome. And actually, she was afforded a lot more screen time than I was expecting. I really thought yeah. that she was going to be a first episode and then never see her again mm-hmm. type thing. But no, she was so important and cool. And if you guys haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil anything because I think she's just amazing. I need her to be my life coach. Same. (laughs) So bad. Armor, where are you at? (laughs) Okay, so our next question is from Brad, and he asks Brad from the Friends of the Force podcast, which is a great podcast. You should definitely check it out. He asks, You're both invited to dinner with Ryan Johnson, Daisy Ridley, and Adam Driver. Which appetizer are you ordering for the table? And I have an immediate answer for this question, and that is something vegan to satisfy Daisy. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was gonna say I love this question because the way that Brad phrased it is that we're invite like we're yeah, wow, on Ryan, wow. Daisy, and Adams <laughs> invite list. Amazing, so great. <laughs> the thing is, what we're gonna do, Charlotte. This is what we're gonna do: is they each invited us to separate dinners, but we're gonna bring each other as our plus one, and so we get to go to two dinners together with all of them. Amazing. Yeah, I. Now that you said vegan for Daisy. We're, you know what? We're, we're getting like blistered shishito peppers or something really great. And it's like a 
it's a Russian roulette. I don't know if you, any of you has ever ordered those at a restaurant or made them yourself. But it's like a Russian roulette of who's going to get the spicy one. And it'll be so funny if Adam gets the spicy one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll do that James Corden thing. Like, t- uh, what, it, what does he call it? Where he's got the, the wheel and it's like horrible foods. And yeah. you answer a question or you have to eat the like the, the salmon smoothie or something disgusting <laughs> like that. I'm not playing. I'm watching them play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe that's what I'll do. Or maybe we'll just have like wine flights. No, I love that. Yeah. Oh, no. You know what we're going to have? We're going to have those goat cheese croquettes that you and I get at our restaurant. Caitlin, that's not vegan. Daisy's not eating. I'm going to make it vegan. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Okay, We'll have a different (laughs) option for her. You know what? Daisy can eat whatever she wants. She can order whatever she wants. (laughs) Ryan, Adam, you and I are having the goat cheese croquettes with honey drizzle over them, and we're going to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Great idea. (laughs) And and then on the side for Adam, he's just going to order a full rotisserie chicken and eat the whole thing. Because that's what he eats in a day. <laughs> this is just appetizer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Sorry, getting carried next, away. Our next question from the Holy Unholy, our friend Brandon, who asks, I really want to know your favorite side villain or any obscure baddies in the Star Wars universe. I the thing is, 2019 was such a big year for me in regards to Count Dooku that <laughs> I feel like I have to say Count Dooku, but I wouldn't say that he's necessarily a side villain. I guess he kind of is in the grand scheme of things. So I think I'd have to say Count Dooku. I'm going to say Dryden Voss. Ooh, yes. That's a good I've one. I've been thinking about Solo a lot lately, and I have to say <laughs> Dryden, Dryden, <laughs> Dryden Voss like, really did it for me. I think that he is creepy, gross, engaging. The thumb. You know, like over the top, super extra. I really liked Paul Bettany's performance. And I think the scene at the end of Solo is honestly one of my favorite Star Wars scenes. I love the sword fight battle situation. I, I He's great. He's great. I want to see more of him because I, I he's I love Dryden Voss. Yeah, that's very true. Dryden is a really good one. He did do really excellently. My whole perspective on Solo has shifted a lot in recent weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Dryden Voss is a really good villain though. He he was I mean he he was definitely a highlight when we first saw the film too. The thumb, I just I can't get over the thumb. And oh he my does, god, I know. He he's a very he's a very different kind of villain than I think we have. You know, he's kind of with Count Dooku in that very intellectual side of things, but yes. he is very uh like as a woman, you're very alarmed by him i think and that's the point with- yeah absolutely he's so he's predatorial yeah and i also exactly think that's that what he, I was looking for. he i i love the like crazy cgi scars on his face that are inflamed yes. when he is enraged my god you have such a good pick really good job <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> shelby jones asks where do you think ezra is and what do you think ahsoka and sabine have discovered okay guys do you remember <laughs> This episode with <laughs> I've been bringing this up to Caitlin and she's just like no no oh, one no. remembers that no episode. don't bring this episode up <laughs> oh well, I think I think he's in the unknown regions somewhere I okay anywhere that we you know don't what? know now is the unknown regions you know what's really confusing guys no and maybe I've shared this on the podcast maybe I haven't but if you go and listen to our episode when. <laughs> 
when, you know, Ezra did the thing with the space whales and is gone and it's like really sad and everything. I.e. the season four finale. of. And I said something. Yes. I said something like he wouldn't have been able to do that if he hadn't if like what came before didn't happen. And I was referring to the world between worlds. So I honestly thought for like maybe three weeks that everyone knew that. Ezra and the space whales like transported to another plane of being. And I thought that that plane was accessible only based on the fact that Ezra had gone through the world between worlds. And that's why like, he did that. I, I don't know. I, cause I can't even really rationalize it. Cause I just don't think it's correct. But at the same time, I don't, I'm still like, I think that they left it a little open where I don't think that he's in like a, an actual place i think he is in like the astral plane i don't know i feel really left let down by the astral plane synopsis or uh, speculation with rise of skywalker so i don't know if i even but we know the astral plane exists especially in animation it does it does i just maybe he's light speed skipping <laughs> that's why they begin the movie like that yeah <laughs> to explain where Ezra. what if in an outtake they light speed skip to where ezra is oh my god <laughs> what if you freeze the rise of skywalker perfectly at like 13 minutes and 13 seconds like level 13 13 and you see ezra in the background like given oh my god given a peace sign <laughs> on top of a purgle giving a peace sign <laughs> waving like he did in that one episode he's like hey guys <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but honestly, that's what that's where I think he is. I don't think he's on a planet. I think he is in a place that's inaccessible and Ahsoka and Sabine are the only people that know how to access that point because Sabine was present for the whole world between worlds situation. Ahsoka yeah, she wasn't knows there, about the though. world between worlds, but she she understood. She was the one that said the hands are a language. She understood how it all worked, not necessarily yeah. what went on in the in the inside, yeah. Yeah. but she still knew what happened on the outside. Yeah. And so we have these two people who were super connected to the whole world between worlds experience with Ezra. So I think that there's something there and maybe, I'm sure it's going to blow our minds. Maybe they had to go get a wayfinder. Probably. <sighs> Bummer. They're only two. They're only two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Spectre 182 asks, do you think we'll ever have a canon gay ship in Star Wars? We technically already do, but I really Mm, hope that it comes out on screen. I mean, we actually, we do. We had the representation that existed in The Rise of Skywalker with Admiral Daisy, but I still think that we need more. We need more. Yeah, we need more. that's token representation. It's, it is token. Having we need something front and center. I think we will. Uh, the right, <laughs> right. We have to. We have to. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they will. And then I'm, I'm like, well, I don't know <laughs> because <laughs> this is just not really doing it so far. They, they keep dancing. Or I don't understand. They keep dancing around it so much, and. Especially leading up to Ride Skywalker with the Storm Pilot ship was honestly just a really big problem, what they did. And I hope that – I do think we will. Do I think that it will be soon? Honestly, no. And I think that's – I think that's just the truth. I I think it's going to be a while before they actually pull the trigger on that, even though it's incredibly wrong and behind from everything else. 
including like absolutely Marvel and other franchises that are within Disney too. Mm-hmm. Which is also strange too because I know the Disney Channel has it hasn't been main characters. Actually, their show Annie Max, yes. one of the main children, uh, came out in the show, and I think that show also had like a friend of a friend whose parents were a lesbian couple. I think. Um, but I know that one of the main kids on Andy Mac came out, and that was a really big deal. So I don't know why they they've done it on Disney Channel. Why haven't they done it in Star Wars? <laughs> it's really about time, and I hope we see it in live action on screen in Disney Plus in the movies sometime soon. Yes, very much. Our friend Thomas asks. If you could go into the world between worlds and tell Charlotte and Caitlin from three years ago about Sky Talkers and this journey, what would you say? I would say Godspeed. That's it? You just say Godspeed? Godspeed. You don't want to tell too much, right? Like mess with the butterfly effect or something. Yeah, that's true, actually. What would you say? I don't know. I'd probably tell them to turn on the microphone. Yeah. I'd probably tell them (laughs) to use the Google Docs within the podcast email sooner <laughs> that's so specific Kayla. I know. I, I, it makes such a difference though because we used to do our google docs within our own gmails and i feel like they just got it got so lost in like our personal emails and stuff like this but now everything is solely with like the sky talkers email account and it's so much easier to find like past episodes and things like that this is so boring Kayla. <laughs> I, I feel like i feel like we've had so many experiences in the past three years, things that I would never have dreamed of mm-hmm. and have been part that I like you're right. I wouldn't want to mess with the butterfly effect. But I might say, you know, someday you're gonna go to a Star Wars premiere and it's gonna blow your mind and then just like peace out. <laughs> I think I'd be like, make sure you have a couple selections of nice dresses, like a premiere level dresses beforehand. Just like start growing a tiny stockpile so you have some options because I was so stressed like the the week before. I was like, I don't have anything to wear. (laughs) So maybe I'd tell myself that too. Yeah. I just – again, I just don't think that three years ago me would even believe what we've done with the podcast Mm -hmm. and everything you know, Caitlin and I, when we started the podcast, we were living in the same place too, which is something that I think people f- like maybe don't know is that we were we were living in the same place. I think that we both were kind of like talking about the next steps about like, oh, we're, we're moving and all these things. And I was going to move from Georgia to Massachusetts, but I didn't really know actually where I was going to be moving because I was looking for a job. And I, it's it's just kind of crazy to even consider that I don't know that the podcast has continued despite the fact that Caitlin and I are like, we're both on the East Coast, but we're on like opposite ends of it. Mm-hmm. And it, like, we record sometimes three times a week. And it's, I don't know, we, there's so much. I don't think that I would have believed we started the podcast with the goal of recording maybe once a month if we had time. And I think that we enjoy it so much that three three years ago, me wouldn't believe that, that yeah. we would have been able to make it work. Yeah. I think I would tell three years ago us like, hey, you're still doing this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be <laughs> – you need to plug in your mic because you need to learn this lesson now because <laughs> you're still doing this. Exactly. Uh, three years exactly. later. I think that is – I don't think past us would have believed that either. Um, no. Yeah. So that's a good question. 
JJ asks, we have two examples of cheating death, Ahsoka in World Between Worlds, Ben Force Healing Relay. Do you think either of these were specifically what Palpatine or Plagueis were after? And are there other ways? It's really interesting to to group cheating death in with World Between Worlds. Mm-hmm. I think that that's true because the the like the course of a journey was altered. I was going to say time, but I think that's incorrect. A course of a journey was altered um and ahsoka surely would have died there um so i i think that it's i'm saying it's right i just don't think i've ever thought about those things as joined yeah cheating death. um yeah i think that the answer to that is yes because i think that palpatine wanted to access the world between worlds in order to do that in rebels um but i don't think it was necessarily specific i think matt martin and I don't, I don't know how much weight to even put on this because it's not in the film, but I think Matt Martin on Twitter recently has kind of alluded to the whole giving a one's life force and cheating death was sort of a a dyad thing, a dyad thing. I don't, how are we supposed to say that? A dyad, a dyad in the force. A dyad. Yeah. For some reason, I've been reading reading it as dyad. This is like when I read Ryan Johnson's Ryan. name as Ryan Johnson <laughs> for so long. Like a solid 18 months until one day I said, yeah, yeah so I think Ryan is going to do this. And you said, who's Ryan? <laughs> said, Ryan Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what? Anyway, <laughs> blowing right past them. <laughs> but anyway, Matt Martin has referred to the fact that the whole giving one's life was specifically a dyad thing. And, or dyad thing? <laughs> It's a dyad. A dyad in the forest. Probably didn't say a dyad in the forest. Actually, I don't know. (laughs) You don't know anything. I haven't seen it in a while. (laughs) So I just feel like I think it is what he was after. I think he was surprised by it, though. I think there's more to it, though. And I think that Mandalorian will show us more about Baby Yoda's own healing powers and it will reveal a little bit more in terms of background information because in all actuality, I feel like the whole healing idea in The Rise of Skywalker kind of came, I wouldn't say out of nowhere because this is something that we had heavily speculated and talked about like two years ago and everything. But I, I think that it it was used so much in that movie and not so much in the other eight films of the Skywalker saga that it definitely deserves a little bit more background information. Yeah. I think it's interesting because before rise of Skywalker, I would have said, yes, that's what Palpatine is after is this idea of cheating death. And, And he still is in rise of Skywalker up until he tells Ray to kill him. So I guess he can live on, inside her so i guess there are other ways besides the world between worlds or force healing it's killing your granddaughter so the sith live inside her oh my god (laughs) i just i i really am just so honestly kind of just like super grossed out at that idea yeah the idea of like ray as a vessel for oh my god i hate it i'm sorry it's a little much. I don't I, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think pre-Rise of Skywalker, yes, that is that is what Palpatine is after. I think everything in canon has pointed to that. He's looking for a way to cheat death. And and I guess I guess he is still in Rise of Skywalker, just 
isn't done very well or he doesn't he doesn't talk about it very well i think i i think that's i think that's what it is caitlin yeah it's not that's what i mean about like we need more background information about this because it'll make me feel a little bit better i don't know i just it'll it'll shed some light on the whole the power to save padme everything that happens in revenge of the sith i think it will be linked a little better for me in my brain yeah i think i wouldn't be surprised if we find out other ways because i think that's kind of the whole point of of star wars and and how they're exploring the force is that there are powerful force users and not everything is the same way every time yeah there's no one binary yeah exactly there's no one dyad world between worlds (laughs) There is Sith cultists. They're all different. I mean, even even with the world between worlds, it's not one singular thing. We've talked about this at length. Mm-hmm. Like Mortis you know? versus world between worlds. Like they're they're or, different. And even what Ezra was accessing before he even went through the portal exactly. of the world between worlds. And that was still the world between worlds. Mm-hmm. And what Ray experiences, my interpretation of it, and we said we weren't going to talk about the Rise of Skywalker, my interpretation of um of the voices that like come to Ray, when we walked out of the movie theater and we recorded this, and my first reaction was, I guess it's the world between worlds because there's all these different people coming in the same way that Ezra walking through the world between worlds was, and they don't have to be dead or Jedi necessarily to speak through that. But I think that the movie itself actually says that they're the Jedi. That's I don't know. It's really confusing. It's a copy paste. But yeah, I I think that. There's all these different ways, basically, is what you're saying. Yeah. And I agree. Yes. Yeah. I think that is Palpatine's endgame. I think there are a lot of different ways. And we've just seen him Palpatine, – Palpatine, Palpatine himself is like a wayfinder, where he just finds his way to really powerful Force users and starts trying to exploit their connection to the Force. And I think that's what yeah. we saw in a couple of different mediums and stories. So Xander Strickland asks silly answers. Who left the note for Leia in Bloodline? Ryan Johnson. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) I think the fan favorite answer is Ben, Mm -hmm. and I would still like to see that happen just because of the clicker of Silly answers. Silly answer. It was Ray through the world between worlds. Ah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That is a good answer. Okay, Captain Britain asks, which Star Wars film has your favorite soundtrack? Probably The Force Awakens. Yeah, I was going to say Attack of the Clones or Force Awakens. I was going to say the same thing, actually. Wow, really? Wow. (laughs) I feel like we were asked this question in the past, and I might have said Revenge of the Sith, and I would stand by that, too. (laughs) I stand by that answer as if it's super controversial. the, The Revenge of the Sith soundtrack might have, like that was the first time I really jived with a Star Wars soundtrack and listened to it all the time. I don't know. Revenge of the Sith has got thing. Padme's ruminations on it, and I love that. Track. I know that's and what I mean. Got the, it's, it's so good. Battle, Battle of the Heroes. Yeah, and, so and the good. end one too. Um, I can't think of the name. It's like Padme and the Twins or something like that. Yeah. Also, what other movie starts with war drums? Iconic. Iconic. Yeah, but I mean, <sighs> the Resistance skirts though. It's just. <laughs> so oh, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> and i mean race theme the jedi steps oh are wrenching i don't know and but then across the stars and the whole zam wessel chase is just a whole lot of fun yeah 
So good. So our next question is from Brian Balance. And he asks a couple, and we'll just we'll kind of just go down the line, okay? He asks, what's the biggest thing you've learned since starting your show? Walk confidently. Walk confidently. confidently. Definitely. Walk confidently. What do you find Um, to be the hardest part of podcasting? The time, for sure. What's your favorite episode you've done so far? Probably, this is out of left field, probably our episode nine speculation before we knew anything about the movie. Oh, from June 2018? 2018, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I was going to say hands are language a sky talker staple absolutely i take back what i said it's it's totally hands yeah language. hands are language i think is it's just the perfect distillation of sky talkers as a podcast yeah seriously it's, really- it's seriously we need to do a sequel we're doing a sequel in 2020 we're doing it okay <laughs> what do you what are you most looking forward to in the coming year Clone wars in celebration yep celebration yeah. What are your hopes for the future of Star Wars? For hope to be a central theme of Star Wars. Yes, and diversity of voices. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I take back my answer and piggyback <laughs> on your answer. Fiorella asks, what's your all-time favorite moment in all of Star Wars? This is so hard. I'm going to Okay, I'm going to pick one from each trilogy. Okay, right? that's fair. That's fair. From the first trilogy, yeah. my favorite is Binary Suns, <laughs> Sunset. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't uh-huh. – that's such a cliche, but I'm here being a cliche. It's my favorite thing. Be a it's cliche. It's the thing that really wrote me into this story, honestly. And from the second trilogy, my favorite is <laughs> – so specific, Charlotte will know uh, – when Hayden – when Darth Vader walks into – the temple with the 501st behind him in Revenge of the Sith after he has fallen to the dark side. You know, so and it's good. like that overhead. You know, it's can, like, oh, you know what's even better about this? Is, is the that. overhead shot and Ryan parallels it in The Last Jedi with Kylo. Oh my God. I, I almost, like, every time I watch it, I'm like, wow, I forgot he did that. And that's why he's the goat. <laughs> like, he's so good. I, I feel like, you know what's funny about that shot? And I've, I've never expressed this out loud. Oh. Maybe this will resonate with one person listening, I'm sure. Does it bother anyone else that it's that Hayden it's and Anakin in that shot is not centered? Yeah. I mean, no. It's one of my favorite shots. <laughs> but you're right. It's not centered. It's it's just – it has such Obi-Wan hello there out of center energy, you know? <laughs> True. Okay. What about the sequels? The sequels has got to be the throne room. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the third trilogy. I'm sorry. I misspoke. <laughs> all right, what are you what is yours? Either from each trilogy or overall? I would say my all-time favorite moment is the throne room and specifically the shot that when they're side back back to back. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, I think when he kills Snoke, that whole sequence is just, Yeah, it's so, I was on the so edge good. of I've never been so stressed. <laughs> Do you have a favorite from the other trilogies? I mean, I've I've really always loved the scene where Padme tells Anakin she's pregnant. Yeah, you have loved that one. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. It's so pure. Yeah. Um, and I also love the throne room. This is funny. <laughs> Two throne rooms. Um, the throne room in A New Hope at the end. Music is perfect. Everything about it is perfect. Yeah. That's good. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched A New Hope in a while. Maybe it's time to watch it again. 
Maybe it is. Why don't you come down to Georgia and we'll watch it just like okay. how we watch Return of the Jedi when I was up in Boston. I have to say, if there was a second favorite moment in all of it, I've I've as sad as the next two seconds of mm-hmm. the scene is, I mm-hmm. have to say mm-hmm. the kiss. Mm-hmm. The kiss. The kiss. <laughs> it's like that wasn't mm. spoiled for me, and I, uh, I can't believe it, Israel. So, and every time it comes through my feed, any photo or anything, like I swear I look at it for like a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that will probably end up in in my top moments, but in a in with some in time. a bit, in a bit. <laughs> yes. Okay, Elgold O two on Twitter asks, "What is your favorite Star Wars novel?" Probably Bloodline or Lost what? Stars. What? Lost Stars. It's Lost Stars. I don't know it's why I said that. It's Sith? Lost Stars. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> it's the Revenge of the Sith novelization. You can't say I was, it. You forgot it. You can't say I it I was now. strictly thinking about, like, the Disney era mm-hmm. canon. Uh-huh. Okay. I'm also just, like, straight up looking at both Bloodline and Lost Stars right now. It's, it's funny because I have Revenge of the Sith in my podcasting closet. I mean, so do I. It's right there. I'm looking at it as well. <laughs> you were looking at it and you still forgot it? But I also mm-hmm. really like the Last see. Jedi novelization. I know. I know. I know. I know. I, Which I I'm think also I'd ha- looking at. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd have to say probably Lost Stars, Last Jedi... Revenge of the Sith, Bloodline, Last Shot. Yeah. It's pretty good. I would agree with that. Eric asks, you may have answered this in a previous episode, but just curious how the two of you met and became friends. Thanks. Yes. So good question. I feel like we usually have more questions about our middle school years. So clearly we've been talking about it too much that other people don't have questions yeah, about it anymore. It. They're over <laughs> They're it. They're very <laughs> over it. You can scratch it off your Skydockers bingo. Uh, yeah, Charlotte and I became friends in middle school. We grew up in the same area. We went to elementary school and everything together as well, but we weren't ever in the, any of the same classes until middle school. And was it seventh grade? We basically had the same schedule. Uh or no, it was eighth grade. We basically had the same schedule, and that's when we really became friends. We've, we were friends in seventh grade, too, but we had the exact same schedule pretty much in eighth grade. Yeah. And then that was the last time Caitlin and I actually went to school together, which is weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, so we really got obsessed with Star Wars. I got obsessed with it. I brought Caitlin down into this tragic pit of despair with me yeah yeah. (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) right now in this moment actually okay right now i'm okay i think on december 21st i was like hmm i blame her a lot (laughs) (laughs) and it's been great (laughs) (laughs) and caitlin and i i i moved i actually moved um to london with my family in high school and when we when I moved back at the end of high school, we went to two separate schools, and I we still kind of talked about Star Wars since the Clone Wars was ha- happening then, and we were following it because we were still obsessed. And we would spend uh, Caitlin and I, despite not going to school with each other, we spent like all of our weekends and time together. And mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just it's funny because I don't think that really like made a huge difference in our friendship oh, no, at all. Didn't, didn't, no, but Charlotte should have come to my high school when she came back from London. 
but she didn't. That's fine. <laughs> and the we were really into Clone Wars, and that really yeah. kind of sparked a lot of our Star Wars fandom, as it has for a lot of people and a lot of our friends, which I think is really special. And um, that was kind of if Caitlin did not experience Star Wars in movie theaters, like I had. So Clone Wars was really her first like gateway into like her Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to speak for you, but that's we've talked about it before. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's it. That's the story. (laughs) Yeah. And then we that's it. Caitlin and I have been best friends since. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We uh, that was that those were when you came back from London. I think it's funny, too, because. You moved to London and literally the first thing on our list when I visited you that first year you were there was to go to the Star Wars Museum. <laughs> that was yeah. the first thing we did because that year I bought this travel journal that I still have. And on day one, it was like, God. You bought it in, in London, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, got, I bought it on that trip and it's like, got to London, got, went to Wakamama, <laughs> went to the Star Wars Museum. <laughs> Yes. Priorities. And you know what? No regrets. I think about that trip to the Star Wars Museum. That was, it was, I don't know what exhibit this was in 2007. So the exhibit had everything because the Star Wars was like kind of dormant then. And uh, Clone Wars really hadn't even come out yet. So Mm -hmm. we were, uh, but we were kind of talking about it coming out and all the, the new stuff. But even just, I remember seeing like, so much Queen Amidala stuff, and the- yeah, there there was a lot of costume. I remember the Ewoks were there. They had a lot of models too of the ships. Yeah, and I I actually think about this a lot. That they have the the model of the pod racing arena. With, yeah, they do you did. remember that with the clay mm-hmm. figures? Yeah, and everything. It was so, good. I got no regrets. <laughs> it was good. It was very good. I we always Charlotte and I always laugh about that trip because you had only been living in London for five months at that point we were 14 and your mom your parents just like let us go mm-hmm. <laughs> we got lost many times <laughs> um that was when the movie because i was i still am like this i don't miss a natalie portman movie i've seen every mm-hmm. single one of her movies and the movie mr, mr. mcgorham's wonder, wonder Emporium. <laughs> i was like no one's gonna go see this with me i'm taking caitlin it had been out for like two months <laughs> and I, there's only got there yeah one one movie theater that was like still playing it and it was in Leicester Square if you're familiar with London or are from London and here we are like two 14 year olds like idiot Americans like I had only been living there for a little bit and I was like I know where we're going we got really lost it was raining it was terrible it was yeah we were it was literally <laughs> in back alleys 14 year old girls in the middle of London at night wanting this to see like-, like this rated G movie <laughs> It was it was like a nine o'clock movie too. It was very late. It was very late, and I remember being in the in the alley asking a police officer how we get to the movie theater. Yeah, I remember we were walking. We're like, we're not telling our mothers how lost we got. This went so smoothly, according to anyone else. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Oh, I I never told my mom. <laughs> Well, now it's on the podcast, so yeah, I'm sure she'd be fine with it now. It's yeah, <laughs> it was really like funny. I think ago. I remember her asking me like, "Oh, is Miss Arity like she's sure taking you to a lot of places?" <laughs> oh yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yes, she's so nice. <laughs> Good lord, yeah. So um. Yeah, that was – I feel like it's so strange because I feel like that was a really important time for our friendship because it was – it did – it's so strange because 
you know, we we talk a lot about how we're really lucky in this online world to be to have had such like a long friendship prior to be like checking in of like, is this weird? Is this good? What am I saying? You know what I mean? Um, like kind of gauging our online life with our with our real life friendship too. But a big chunk of, of our real life friendship did happen online for those two years that you were living in London. So. Yeah, for sure. You know what they say, full circle. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, we're like literally doing the same thing that we used to do. How weird is that, Caitlin? Whoa. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had never had this realization. I used to call Caitlin after – with the time difference, I would call Caitlin at like 9 p.m. London time yeah. when Caitlin would get like home off the bus from school and I could – I had – my parents paid for like long distance phone calls um, up to an hour. So every time I would call Caitlin after school and we talk for like an hour and then I'd have to hang up and then I'd have to call back for the next hour and everything. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. I mean, how funny is that thinking about how our podcast used to be just an hour? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Truly full circle. And it was like, oh, we were always talking about Star Wars, honestly. Oh, yeah. We were were talking about Star Wars and fan fiction. That's what I feel like we were talking about fan fiction during that time the most. Yeah. (laughs) So ridiculous. I remember, too, because my first year in high school, I was in a – it wasn't a computer science class. It was like a a film class, but it was such like a – like a underwater basket weaving kind of you didn't do anything class. And I remember – because our friend Allie was in that class too and we would just email you the whole time because you would be back from school and we would just email and sit on Gmail chat the whole time with you. Yeah. We'd be like, is it dark there yet? It's like noon here. (laughs) Time difference, man. Time difference. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. (laughs) Sorry, we just went on a bit of a memory tangent. (laughs) All right, Jeremy asks, if you had to change one thing about your favorite Star Wars film, what would it be? My answer is so salty, and if you've listened to this show, you know what it is, but I would completely change Poe's role in The Last Jedi. Yeah, um, I think that's a good one. I I would change if my favorite Star Wars film is a tie. The Last Jedi is my favorite, but... I'm going to, for the purposes of this, say Revenge of the Sith since that's been my favorite longer. I'd change Padme's end a little bit. Mm-hmm. A lot, actually. Uh, I don't know how I would do it, but I'd make it make sense in terms of Leia's memories and yeah. have sort of the original idea of that that concept art that like sticks with me forever from the art of the Revenge of the Sith book of Padme with like the uh like the kind of hold the baby holder on her back on Alderaan I I I would have loved to see that and that's what I would change I think that's a good one and Adam Stan on Twitter asks congratulations on three years your podcast was one of those that really challenged me in the past year to dig deeper into storytelling and mythology and are there any good stories that you've read or watched can be Star Wars or not that you recommend I think, like I've said before, I've really enjoyed K-dramas and Asian dramas in general this year. I think that they play around with tropes a lot, which is really fun. And some of the some of the more fantastical ones definitely get into mythological tropes too, which I have found really enjoyable. It's been like it's been like a very fun narrative space, I think, to be in for the past year. It's been really enjoyable. I think like on a personal level, one of my 
I wouldn't I wouldn't know if it's necessarily a good story, but it's something that really frames a lot of how I think about Star Wars um, or think about like how I talk about history a lot in Star Wars and like placemaking and monuments and things like that. If you've been around, you know that somehow I always come back to that discussion of like what's going on with the Lost 20. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. there's this book called Loot by Sharon Waxman, which is all about like cultural property law. I've read it a couple of times, actually. I think it's really fascinating about like antiquities and and just what we do with with the pieces of our history that matter most and how that's kind of been exploited by different countries, Western countries and museums and things like that. And I think I think that comes up a lot in the sequel trilogy. We've definitely seen it a lot too, especially you brought up Dryden Voss, someone like him. The fact that they're doing antiquities hunting, you know, we have characters like Dr. Afra, we have uh, Mika in Resistance. Kylo is, of course, hunting for antiquities. So if you're interested at all in real world antiquities, then I think loot is a really captivating it's a really enjoyable read it's not it's not like academic or heavy it's very it's very engaging yeah i i think in terms of storytelling and mythology there's a whole section in barnes and noble that i frequently go to like every weekend that um it's where the joseph campbell books are it's where maureen murdoch's heron's journey is it is over by the poems (laughs) and i have bought a lot of story about uh, about a lot of books about um symbols and like symbology in in storytelling and certain like themes and what to look for and everything i i can't get enough of those any sort of reference book any sort of discussion of storytelling this is like my major like geeky part that's coming out in me um i love to read essays about stories and um things like that in terms of like I don't know. I I feel like there's so many good like metas also about Star Wars that so many fans have written that mm-hmm. are even like a great place to start. I think that if you've are it sounds like you've already kind of dug into like Joseph Campbell and Maureen Murdoch and things like that. Um just based off of saying that you've tried you've tried to dig deeper into storytelling and mythology. Um but if you haven't checked out uh Anything with Joseph Campbell, I think that there's so many books and so many volumes that you can refer to. And starting with A Hero with a Thousand Faces is a really great place to start. There's also, um, he has a, a series on Netflix that was filmed at Skywalker Ranch, if you haven't seen it, that is kind of a distillation, if not a much easier to consume version of his books and it's on Netflix and it's easy to watch. And it's also fun that it's at Skywalker ranch if you haven't seen it. And this goes for anyone who would want to dive into them because they're there. So I think it's maybe four or six episodes. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. They're all kind of themed and you can kind of dive in whenever. Um, it's always interesting. I always get something out of it, especially when it references star Wars specifically. I also think Caitlin and I have really enjoyed like we've done this a couple times. Caitlin and I have like watched a movie at the same time mm-hmm. um, and we've tried to like dive into certain uh, movies that are have influenced Star Wars in the past and has kind of changed our reading and understanding of where the story is going for the better. Uh, specifically with The Mandalorian, Caitlin and I did this and I am so glad that we did that, Caitlin. Um, there was references to what uh, on on Twitter that what movies kind of informed the creation of the Mandalorian and I think it really helped us understand where where they were coming from at least conceptually with the story um 
And I think that anytime anyone mentions, you know, I did see that Matt Martin was doing a a course at Alamo Draft House, and I am so eager to kind of see what movies he's he's talking about. He's doing a course about like the movies that inspired Star Wars, and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have to watch every single one that he he recommends. Um, I, I think that that is so important when you hear a creator talking about, oh, I was really influenced by this this movie, this movie, this movie. I mean, you hear George Lucas talk about how influenced he was by Kurosawa, and I think that you can only hear that so many times before you dive in, you know? <laughs> That's it's, Charlotte it's... speaking to Caitlin and Charlotte in 2020 because we have not seen. <laughs> I know it's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so it's in things like that. I think that, I don't know. There's, there's so many avenues to explore in terms of storytelling and yeah. where people are inspired by and different journeys. And yeah, but academic journals is a good place to start, I, I guess. So Rafaela asks, congratulations on your three years of awesomeness. That's so nice. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't love Star Wars as much as I do without this podcast. As for the question, what's your most unpopular Star Wars opinion and why? It can be more than one. <laughs> Brave question. <laughs> My most unpopular opinion is that there was never a planned trio for the sequel trilogy. And I still stand by that opinion. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting a little salty. <laughs> a little salty, Caitlin. You've been salty since December 19th. <laughs> so bad. I'm saltier than Crate in here. <laughs> I. Ooh, salt. I, my, my most. Yeah, literally. <laughs> my most unpopular opinion is that. Wow, I actually have no idea what my most unpopular... What would you say is my most unpopular <laughs> opinion, Keelan? I, I was just trying to think about what your unpopular opinions are. Is that Satine and Obi-Wan is not a captivating romance? <laughs> I didn't say that. I was just like... Unpopular yeah, opinion sure. is that Luke throwing the lightsaber is comedic. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a 50-50. I... That's like as divisive as The Lost Jedi itself. Exactly. That's. I feel like that's... I don't know. I mean, I feel like I have so many unpopular The Rise of Skywalker opinions at this point. That oh, yeah. <laughs> that's probably it. But oh, it's so it's so hard. I feel like I'm so I'm like not critical about a lot of Star Wars. So having an unpopular opinion is hard or like I I don't know. Oh, oh my god, Caitlin, I know my unpopular opinion. It is controversial. Oh, what is it? How do we forget it? The Padme and the knife thing. I still don't like it. <laughs> Oh, I feel like everyone who is a Padme fan is like the knife in the concept. If you are unfamiliar in the concept art, Padme was like it was Revenge tossed around. Death. It was never actually going to be a thing in Revenge of the Sith that she was going to bring a knife to Anakin to kill him when she confronted him to kill him. Not like a steak knife Mustafar. for dinner. No, no, no. An intense knife. <laughs> And it never materialized because George thought that that's not how Padme would be. And I agree. So that's my unpopular opinion. And everyone thinks that it would give her agency. And I'm just like, I, I agree with what Era. She thought that her words and her love would be enough. Yeah, I've agreed with that, too. I've never thought that Padme should have brought the knife. It really does feel like the entire internet disagrees with that, though. And I never say anything online. <laughs> we, so. One of our earliest episodes was about Padme and the knife. I know, but I don't think I would have a whole episode about that now. I, no. I, 
<laughs> I'm talking about it right now, but it's we, it wasn't like a whole episode. We literally episode. had a 17 minute discussion about it. And we both said, "Glad she didn't bring the knife." <laughs> it was yeah. not. I, I, I just, I still, I still feel like that, yeah. and I, I do feel like that's a very, very unpopular opinion. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel the same way. Casey asks, "Congratulations on three years. Your podcast means so much to me and many others. Thank you, Casey." The question is, what is your favorite musical moment in all of Star Wars? The moment that is the perfect blend of the visuals and music on screen. Um, I'm going to refer to my previous answer of the throne room in A New Hope. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to go to a previous answer, too, of Padme's Ruminations. Oh, my God. That is so true. That one, that one is just – that one is mm, – chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. So good. So good. But, yeah, A New Hope throne room is pretty spectacular too i also think <laughs> i also think the resistance skirts in the force awakens when they show up at mass's castle is just an incredible moment altogether the, the triumph it's you just feel. so fun yeah the triumph you feel is incredible but i think padme's padme's ruminations is just it's man it sticks with you it really does it really, it does. really really does yeah and of course binaries on all my favorite tracks basically yeah. i think have perfect representations on screen I think what's so powerful about that Revenge of the Sith moment, though, is that it's a real moment to breathe, and it really forces the audience to contemplate what is about to happen and what is going through the brains of each of these characters and how much worry and stress and love are on each of their minds. And I, I don't know. I love it so much. I actually I like want to watch it right now. I know. Thank you for listening to Skytalkers. <laughs> <laughs> So Fandom Fishbowl asks, congrats congrats on three years. Looking back on your time as a fan, what was a moment that the community did something amazing that made you proud to be a part of the fan base? I have two answers for this. Oh, I think the community has done a lot. I think the Raylo community in particular has been yes, incredibly generous. I think you're probably – you go ahead with yours. Okay. So my first one is when our friends Jessica and Madeline presented – Kelly Marie Tran with a compiled book of all the fan art mm-hmm. on live television. Rose fan art. It it was an incredible moment too. I think that I think the Reload community is just I mean, I think the entire Star Wars community is very generous. I think maybe because we're very involved in the Reloads, they just go they they do big. <laughs> I mean, the thing with <laughs> with Rose, with, with Callie Marie Tran and the, the Where's Rose book by After Blossom and also all of the fan art, that predominantly came from the Rayla community and just that they took the time to put it together and give it to her and, and on live television be like, we miss Rose in, in merchandising and uh, we love her so much. And here's just this like physical expression of that I think is incredible. Uh, most recently – Again, predominantly the Raylo community raised, and not all, obviously, but um, a lot of Raylos kind of heavily promoted this GoFundMe to raise fifty over fifty thousand dollars for Adam Driver's uh, nonprofit, uh, Arts in the Armed Forces, and that just kind of blew my mind. It continues to blow my mind. It's actually, I think the last time I checked it, it was at fifty seven thousand dollars, and they moved the the end goal because Adam spoke about it yesterday which was actually incredible mm-hmm. um they moved it to seventy five thousand is the new goal yeah which is actually insane that you know people could care so much about adam driver's like portrayal as ben solo so much so that they would you know 
promote the cause that's like nearest to Adam's heart, something that he started. And Mm -hmm. um, I love when Star Wars fans come together for a certain cause and kind of it really does, I don't know, emphasize Rose's line in The Last Jedi of saving what we love. And I feel that way Mm -hmm. about both of those instances. Yeah. One of my favorite moments in in Raylo fandom, it's it's kind of random, but it's also not, is I remember when Adam was on SNL for the first time and there were just like all these Raylos waiting overnight for him. And I remember on Twitter, we all just started sending like postmating them all food. <laughs> Because it was like the winter time. That was so fun. And it was cold. And we're sending like chicken nuggets and like pizza and Starbucks coffee like to them overnight. I just remember, I think that was the first time that I had, one of the first times that I'd actively participated in something like that. And I don't know. It just, I was like, oh, these are like, these are, these are all good people. Like I knew it already, but I don't know. It was just, it was cool to see. I don't know. Like I'm going to, you're out there waiting for Adam Driver. Like, that's really fun. You you better cheer him for all of us. <laughs> and here are some here's some <laughs> hot coffee and some pizza to go with that. You know, I just remember thinking that was really cool and like seeing pictures of them getting all the food that we were sending. Um, I don't know. I just remember that being like really fun. Yeah, that's good. Good question. Good I question. agree. It was so fun. Kate asks, which which character from a Star Wars book would you like to see in live action? Ransom Caster. That's what I was going to say. Wow. So good. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) He's just such an iconic character. If you guys haven't read Bloodline, please do. And him and his drama in Star Wars live action would be so So good. good. So good. Be so juicy. Yeah. I want to see that. So juicy. Really bad. Should we move on to the email questions? Yeah, let's do it. Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. Our question is from Travis, who asked, what is the one thing in all of Star Wars that you really, really disliked at first, but have since come around on and even possibly love now? I feel like I have never really, really disliked something in Star Wars. I have been lukewarm on things, at least in the past. And I think that probably the thing that comes close to it is Rebels for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I I was not sold on Rebels. I was still bitter about the Clone Wars ending. And I was really upset about that. And I was not ready to... I watched it. I watched it. I watched Rebels when it premiered and everything. And I continued with it. But I wasn't sold on it the same way that I was in Clone Wars. But it has ended up being one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars and something that like that journey of not being a super huge fan of it in the beginning and then really coming around to it in season two. And I feel like a lot of people have had this experience with Rebels too. And then you go back and you watch the first season and you're like, what was I even thinking? I am so dumb. Like, this is so great. <laughs> I, I, and I, I love having those experiences. I also think for me, I was always a prequel fan before anything else in Star Wars. And when I was younger, I was really interested in the new movies rather than the older ones. And Caitlin, like, you can attest to this. I, like, warned you about certain things, you know? I was like, this oh, is yeah. going to look old. And, like, to some degree, I agreed with that. 
But when I was, you know, obviously when I got older, I was like, oh, wow, this is so good. (laughs) So things like that, your opinions grow and change so much with Star Wars. Yeah, I think with, with, yeah, I just, one of my clearest memories of watching Star Wars the first time is before we started A New Hope and you standing in my basement being like, well, we're done with the prequels. (laughs) But just so you know, (laughs) these movies were made in the 70s. It's very funny. It's very funny. And I was like, okay. <laughs> because the funniest part of that you're leaving out is, well, why don't they just remake yeah, them? And I was like, because <gasps> you were like, they were made in the no. 70s. But that is sacrilegious. Shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will not hear any more of this slander, but I have to warn you. <laughs> also, these are not my favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it it was funny. I think, too, you know, at that stage in our life, being 13, it was like you needed to mark something as your own, you know? And it was like the original trilogies were our our parents' time and the prequels, they're ours. And yeah, that was – I think that was – it was very much us versus them. And I'm glad that we've – a lot of fandom has grown out of that now. (laughs) So that's yeah. good. I think mine is pretty obvious from this year. It's Yoda. <laughs> I can't. Oh my gosh. So right? true. I've had a total come to Jesus with Yoda. And that's the thing. It's like I never – I remember we were talking about it, I think in Yoda 2. Was it – yeah, it was in Yoda 2. And we asked this question. It was like, I don't understand why Yoda has such this positive reception in the real world when he – is not super helpful in universe. <laughs> I was only ever viewing him <laughs> through our characters' eyes or, or within the realm of Star Wars itself. As like he's he's messing things up right and left, and and he's lying to Luke about a lot of things or keeping things from him. And it was hard for me to kind of have that disconnect or not disconnect, but separation between what he represents within the films, which is positive, like in the universe and then also in the real world, too. So I think I'm I'm always really glad for our Yoda series. Yeah, me too. I am really I'm proud of that series Mm -hmm. and what we discovered. And it was like a personal journey, honestly. (laughs) So it was much needed. and We didn't even know how much. I know. (laughs) Baby Yoda. (laughs) Baby Yoda. So now we're going to move on to our Instagram questions. So our first one comes from Star Wars Sessions. What has been your favorite moment of the journey? You can each only pick one. Do you mean our podcasting journey or the Skywalker journey? <laughs> well, I would assume podcasting mm-hmm. journey. And I think we've already answered this, which is I think probably for both of us, it's going to – I don't want to speak for you, but I would probably be the podcast yeah. stage. But – if I could pick if it was like my Star Wars journey or the Skywalker journey, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know either. That kiss though. I don't know either. I might have to <laughs> rethink that one in light of some things. <laughs> but uh, I know. Yeah, it definitely I think the podcast stage was just incredible. So yeah. Yeah. Star Wars Podcast asks, what's your favorite piece of Star Wars merchandise that you own? That's a good one. This is such a good question, and it's so difficult. Yeah. If you like, can we just break this down? Like, what's your favorite piece of apparel? Oh, I have one that I like really cherish, and I bet you can guess what it is. It is it's your her universe, Patty. Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> 
On the nose. <laughs> I think it was that my first Her Universe purchase. I feel like it was. I don't know if it was your first. I, I would. I would. I would either say that shirt for you or your um your glitter Star Wars hats that Ashley Eckstein signed that same celebration yeah. because those are like limited run and I feel like that's a really fun hat. I know. I'm looking at it right now. It's definitely. I I can't yeah. believe I've had it for this long. It's, I've had it for ten years. Yeah. And it's the the signature I inside watching is watching her sign it too. Yeah. yeah so silver. Intact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, well, in the realm of hats, I guess I would say our Lucasfilm hat, right. too. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That feels good. Feels really good. <laughs> feels real good. <laughs> um, Phil Sozak, who is uh, one of the senior art directors at Lucasfilm, when I was in San Francisco, he gave me a tour of Lucasfilm, and I was like, oh, amazing, <laughs> and got to go to the uh, super, super special gift shop and got Charlotte Knight Lucasfilm hats, which... I love a whole lot. I remember I wore that hat to go see Avengers Endgame. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I'm seeing Avengers Endgame, but these are where my loyalties lie. (laughs) Kevin Feige energy, but flipping it. (laughs) Yeah, he probably now has a Lucasfilm hat. Man. (laughs) Have I shared on the podcast yet that I saw him on the street in New York? I don't know. Well, I did. And he was wearing a black hat and it was Thanksgiving Day. I don't think you have. Yeah, I don't think I've shared it, but it's um, – I didn't say anything to him. I definitely could have because we were really close to each other, and he was alone, and I don't know why I didn't say anything. <laughs> because it sounded like you cornered him. Well, I didn't. I it was, it was just like a really – I could have. It was a weird day because I don't know if in – in New York on Thanksgiving Day, like, there's just so many people around and everything, but it was right outside my hotel, so um, it was weird. And I knew exactly who yeah. he was in the moment because he was wearing the black hat. <laughs> so – Yeah. Anyway. But what is – do you have an, another favorite piece of merchandise that you own, though? I mean, I feel like this year has been a really good year for me in Star Wars merchandise. I don't I do not do a lot of collecting, honestly. Not, neither of us do. You do more than I do. Uh-huh. But I, I – so I'm very particular with the Star Wars merchandise that I buy. But I got – or rather that I have other people gift me. <laughs> I got the Star Wars Archives book, uh, which is – massive and beautiful and i love it so much and then i also really love the the purse that we got with savannah yes our star wars coach purse that we all have the same one i love it so good i have to say i bought a mondo limited edition poster like last year or two years ago of the last jedi and it is purple toned it's ray and ben Ben is bigger, looming, and then Ray is right underneath him, and it is so artistic. I need to get it framed because I'm definitely going to put that on my wall, and I think it might be my favorite Star Wars poster or any sort of you know physical art thing that I own. It's just – it makes me so happy. One of my favorite pieces of art, because you have a lot of Star Wars art that is going to come out of left field. You've had it for a while, but I think your friends um, Sam and Audrey got it for you the bb8 with a flower crown right yeah this is a really i love that print. i love that print so it's much not a print. It's so cute it's not a print they bought me the original and oh okay it's like it's everywhere and i feel like i have it's so crazy they have the original i'm so happy about it and yeah oh oh and your stormtrooper in the sprinkles one i really oh, yeah, like my friend too. emma gave me that yeah, it's a good one. I, I have a, a another Mondo. I really love the Mondo Mondo prints, and I'm so happy that I'm on the email list because anytime there's anything that I, I like, I don't ever regret buying it. Um, I have mm-hmm. a Leia on um, on Hoth, 
like side profile. I don't know if you guys have seen those uh, framed. I I really love um, Star Wars art and anything that is really cool. I love to collect it. I I really just I cherish it. It's probably my, one of my favorite uh, things to collect if I do collect anything. You need a you need a bigger. Apartment. Oh my god, I seriously do. <laughs> you need to hang some things up. You don't have enough hung up in your apartment as is, but. You also need a bigger wall for all of your Star Wars art. Exactly. So Pete Hitman Hart asks, favorite design aesthetic in all of Star Wars, animation or movies or live action TV? Oh, I think design aesthetic. I think the end of Rogue One is stunning. Wow. Interesting. I would say the throne right? room. I can unpack it for days. The the beauty, the red. Yeah everything that's going on there i think that there's just so much sim- symbolism within it and it i'm never without awe when i watch the last jedi yeah those two are just are are beautiful mm-hmm. i think that the end of rogue one is just it's so the emotion of it is just so perfectly captured totally i think it's i think it's one of the most well done kind of juxtapositions of what's going on on screen versus how you're feeling Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of perfect i yeah the throne room too i think is magnificent i think the the animation the the landscape animation in resistance is some of my all-time favorite Mm -hmm. it's i remember being on castellan and kind of doing these wide shots of the ocean and the sky and the clouds and like different times of day and stuff and I was always kind of blown away by those moments in Resistance. I think it's really, really well done. This is kind of a boring answer, but I really do think the iconography of the world between worlds, like the triangles, mm-hmm. the circles within, the 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 wolves around it, all all those things I think were so beautifully done. So much so that, you know, Lucasfilm animation kind of enlisted uh, a different animation studio to help with that. And I, I think it really paid off and it is – so striking and perfect in terms of I don't I don't know I feel like it's yeah. so representative of the the it, it's just beautiful and I really the 2D like the 2D gilded exactly animation exactly oh, so great I also think that from Rebels the um, Kanan the fire around Kanan in in his last moments is like an incredible it 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 looks it looks so good yeah. It uh, I'm like, oh, I'm hot. Like I feel the heat. <laughs> it looks it looks really good. I think too, like the I think the whole end of Rebels is just visually really stunning. But like the grasses when they're like with the Lothcats and oh when gosh, they're running so with the wolves. It's just like the way the grass moves. <laughs> this is Charlotte and I pretending we're animation gurus. <laughs> Something we often do. But I th- I think those it really it really does stand out. The landscapes, I think, at the end in Rebels and within Resistance in particular really stand out as far as like design aesthetics i think too to throw it way back that cloud city is such a beautiful design that whole that whole planet i really love i totally agree a little known fact is that skytalker's very first logo was a riff on cloud city so i think we had it for a total of like three weeks but Yeah, it might appear for some people in some people's feeds. I feel like I see it floating around sometimes. <laughs> oh, God, no. I know. <laughs> we, we ordered it on Etsy before we had even recorded the episode, <laughs> any of our yeah. episodes. Um, yep. I think we had it for like a month tops, maybe. Yeah, yeah so, we did. 
yeah anyway i do really love the cloud city aesthetic and the ralph mccrory concept arts of cloud city are stunning so good i hope it i hope one day i can own like an original ralph mccrory yeah i think that's a really good goal (laughs) (laughs) i know at celebration they had some of the lithographs and stuff from ralph mccrory and some sketches honestly i might save up next time we go right i'm thinking and i remember looking at them i went i put my my name i put we both put our name in the raffle to win one we obviously did not win but i remember looking at like wow one day (laughs) that might be my big thing in august yeah i think that's actually a good thing that we should consider heavily i agree actually this is a brilliant plan yeah it is i'm glad we had the stock me too me too so one of our next questions is t from tsgsn what is your favorite star tours the adventures continue scene and i have an immediate answer for this i don't know about you oh i don't my immediate answer is so if you guys haven't been on Star Tours, there are a couple different sequences and scenes that you can get, different planets, different situations. My favorite one, and I never tire of getting it, is Naboo. And it's not because I love Naboo, even though I'm sure that influences something. But the gag at the end is so good. It is the Naboo starfighter crashes through the windshield mm-hmm. and a pit droid kind of falls out. And it is – I think it's like the only one that's like that where the 3D effects are so good and it really does look like it's going to hit you in the – in in the face um it's my favorite and because it gets everyone in the room every time i'm like oh no and i i love when 3d effects are like cheap and stupid like that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know all of the versions of star tours well enough to have a good answer but it, as you were talking i was like oh yeah when the thing comes through <laughs> i was like mm-hmm. yes <laughs> because it, it yeah, is yeah because it is it's, it's good. so good and that's yeah. the one that like you will remember mm-hmm. you know yeah it's very good it's very good Angela is outside asks if Dave Filoni could make you a Star Wars show, what would it be? Ray and Ben, World of (laughs) (laughs) Is it animated or is it live action? Oh my God. Oh my God. Brilliant idea. It starts animated. It becomes (laughs) Wow. Or Whoa. it starts live action, becomes animated. It's freaky. It's trippy. It's the coolest thing ever. It's breaking new ground. No one knows what to do with it. Their heads are blowing off. It's merging bet- everything between the Star Wars live action and animation into one epic show. Whoa. I actually don't hate this at all. I'm not even being kidding. I'm not kidding. Wow. <laughs> be so cool. It sounds so ridiculous in my head, but I'm for it. Yeah. I'm for it. Um, can you imagine if we're like if we get an an like say they announced the show and it was going to be animation and then like it transformed into live action and like took everyone by surprise? So crazy! Or like when they're in the world between worlds, it's like always black and white. Wow, it's so Wizard of Oz. I love it so much. You're just gonna say wizard, <laughs> wizard. Well, you know what? It's so wizard. So wizard. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. No, I'm gonna piggyback on that. Yes. <laughs> so good i'd also just i'm hopeful that we do get a rebels follow-up with something with ezra and finding ezra i feel like that needs to be said and told yeah i hope so too i'm still okay waiting i feel like it hasn't been that long since rebels ended so i'm okay waiting and i'm okay getting new stories too i'm very the, like, the door is wide open after 
after Clone Wars comes out. I think there's a lot of room for a lot of different kinds of stories. So I'm very excited about that. Totally. Nicole Turnbull asks, any advice for those newer to Star Wars for what to read and explore outside the films? Ooh, well, welcome to Star Wars. Um, I think there are a lot of different avenues you could go. I think the best thing to do is honestly not to prescribe to any set reading list or or thing that you quote unquote have to do. I think go in the avenues of things that really interest you. I think with a lot of Star Wars stories, you have to give them time to grow. I'm, I'm talking mainly about animation here. Like Charlotte mentioned the first season of Rebels or even like the first two seasons of Clone Wars. Some people really like it kind of turns them off. But I think with those in particular, if you're interested in those stories, you should stick with them. And I think, you know, if there are things like if you had a favorite film in the saga films, kind of exploring the other canon material that is around that time frame would probably be really exciting for you. I Obviously, we have our favorites. Like, we're going to tell you to watch the animated series and to read Lost Stars <laughs> and Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith and Bloodline. That's what we're going to tell you to do. <laughs> but I think mm-hmm. you should definitely follow, like, follow where your interests are. And I think that's how you'll get the most enjoyment out of it, too. And if, like, you're really into, like, comic series from other franchises or stories, look at the comics in Star Wars. Like, Dr. Afra is great, and there are a lot of other great ones. That's not necessarily our wheelhouse, so we don't spend as much time there. But that would be my advice is to, is to think about what your favorite things are already, like what your favorite saga films are, and then kind of explore in that immediate area and then start branching out because there's a lot going on. There really is. And I think that just even thinking about, you know, what one could be interested in if you're really into the Raylo dynamic, if you're really into Anakin Skywalker, if you if you really love Anakin Skywalker, I think the next logical thing is to watch The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. I think that if you really love the original trilogy and are hoping to get, you know, fall in love with another found family narrative, I think that Rebels is definitely the next move. There's like a a big branch, I feel like, that you can go from if you're interested in certain dynamics. And um, it makes me really like thankful for the amount of different content that you said Star Wars has. Um, Yeah, I think that I echo what Caitlin says about, you know, kind of just follow your what you're into. Um, But yeah, in terms of what we would selfishly recommend animated shows for sure i think it's the easiest way to get up to speed with things that are happening especially you know i've had so many people be like what's up with i'm not spoiling anything i swear what's up with like x thing in the mandalorian and i'm like you should watch the show i had to explain something to my mom the other day and she was like oh wow that sounds really interesting i was like yeah it's in rebels (laughs) (laughs) and i i think that's really fun to have these kind of conversations and um, coming into things, even, even with like this, like the thing about star Wars stories, I think that's really interesting is the way that they all relate to each other is so satisfying in this way, because it's not like you must know one thing in order to get something else. I think that they all just kind of piggyback off each other in terms of themes and concepts. And yes, those specific things will appear in other movies and everything. But I I think that the way that it's done so well is that it just really enriches what you see on screen, um, especially in like live action material. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I think that that's kind of, I think that's what's 
for me anyway, that's what I respond to most in Star Wars as opposed to like a franchise like Marvel. And, and we're both fans. Yeah, that's we're, what I was we're both fans of, of Marvel, yeah. but it's a very different franchise. Um, I feel like like with Star Wars, yeah, there are Easter eggs and, and things, you know, having, you know, Wedge Antilles in the original trilogy and also in the sequel trilogy, that's well and good and great. And like having the, the training orb ball, like those are fun things to see in the films and, and mean something if you're, you've are you been there the whole time. But the, the fact that like you have similar themes and concepts like hope and found family and like the way that we have our themed episodes is just a complete representation of that. Things like concealment, the the concept of fate and destiny, hands are language, found family, um, the rule of two and how that is represented in, 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 these different ways throughout these different stories and mediums, that's what makes – I think that's what sets Star Wars apart. It's not these little like the – you know, they played Sabacc in, in this movie and in this movie. It's not that. It's like, oh, here are similar conversations that they're all having around the Sabacc table about like fate and destiny because it's like a game of chance. Like that's what draws you in and that's what's most appealing to us. And, and I think – to most people, too, I think that's really what sets Star Wars apart. And I think once you're getting into these different stories, especially with animated, just because you have a lot more time with these characters and they're exploring a lot more of the universe, you get to see a lot more of that, too, and and see how it's it moves throughout live action and within the animated stories and, and other mediums in canon, too. Totally agree. I am Gabatron asks your favorite way to stay connected in the Star Wars community. For me, it's Twitter for sure. Yeah, we're very much addicted to Twitter. I totally addicted to Twitter. I think that I don't know. I've I've made so many friends through Twitter, which is like so crazy. And I don't think I would have my pulse so on Star Wars if it wasn't for that platform. I think that there. are a lot of toxicity there's like so much toxicity on on twitter and you definitely have to carry your experiences through blocking and muting and staying out of certain things and um it which is scary and i realize that but uh it definitely has kind of enriched my star wars life and my life for the better which is actually kind of crazy to say but i definitely think it's true even though i'm addicted to it yeah i i 100 agree it's funny because this is an instagram question <laughs> i know I love Instagram. Don't get me wrong. I really do. And I I stay in touch with a lot of friends through Instagram. But in terms of the Star Wars community, I think most of the conversations really are happening on Twitter. I see screenshots of tweets all the time floating around like the content farms of of Star Wars Instagram when I'm on the podcast account that I'm like, well, I saw that on Twitter (laughs) that I think is, is interesting, you know, and I think it's just so much more conversational and that's good. I think I think that there's like equal weight on everyone in terms mm-hmm. of conversations that you don't get on yeah. other platforms. Yeah, I mean, I, I you basically said it all, but yeah, Twitter is Twitter is definitely I think my fandom home aside from the podcast, obviously. I think like I mean, our Patreon Discord is fantastic. <laughs> I I love so our good. Patreon Discord so too, and um, that's not a plug in any way. <laughs> I just like the the community there is just really great and it's never it has it has like all the benefits of Twitter without any of the toxicity. <laughs> uh it's just a really good group of people yes. being excited about Star Wars and uh I really like the group that we have 
on there. And anyone new who's come in recently too has just been a great addition. Uh, there, there's always like fun things being shared. I think because it is a smaller group, I don't know. It just it feels it feels it feels very cozy. I feel like our podcast Discord is quite cozy. So um, that's kind of a selfish totally <laughs> one. But yeah, I, I think. <laughs> Like you said, like there is equal weight on Twitter and on Discord that kind of sets it apart from things like Facebook and, and Instagram. Yeah. So Twitter Twitter is definitely, I think, where the bulk of Star Wars fandom lives and, and where things are kind of happening in real time too. So if you want to stay mm-hmm. up to date, I would probably recommend Twitter. Yeah. The Rogue Fangirls asks, which Star Wars character in any medium have you most deeply connected to and related to? When and why? And how has this character impacted your life? Do you want to go first? Yeah. I feel like I have a couple different answers. And I feel like they all kind of go back to this same theme. I feel like for me, Luke, Ahsoka, and Ben are all kind of in that same grouping. They're my favorite characters because I relate to them the most and connect to them the most. And I think we talk about this all the time in Star Wars. It's like about your personal choice and the next choice that you're making and the next step that you're taking. Luke was the character that roped me into Star Wars. I've talked about it a couple times on the show, but like the binary sense moment of him just like looking off into the sunset and that feeling of longing and being like 14 years old and wondering like, whoa, like what is next for me? Am I going to go on this grand adventure too in life? I think was really like that really spoke to me and still does of like wanting more and like what's beyond the horizon and like seeing his character full circle in the last shadow of like, you're always looking to the horizon. <laughs> I was like, wow, I needed to hear that. <laughs> I'm very much an idolist um, in that way, idealist in that way. So he always, I feel like Luke's character arc comes up often in these kind of big moments in my life. Like in 2017, that was when I was in graduate school and I'm kind of always thinking very far ahead like oh when I finish graduate school like that's when things will get started I'm always looking towards the horizon it's like no your your life is starting now <laughs> um that's something that's coming up but like your life is still here now you don't have to wait for things to be happening if that makes sense and then I think Ahsoka too kind of making that like really mm-hmm. bold choice to leave the Jedi Order completely uprooting her life is such like an important decision. Like she trusted her gut and that instinct. And I I don't think we talk about how important that moment is enough. Like you and I and within the Star Wars fandom as a whole, we're always like, yeah, oh my God, it's so heartbreaking. But wow, it's so scary (laughs) too. (laughs) And I think that that hopefully we'll see more of that down the line. And then Ben, we've talked about Ben so much. It's ridiculous at this point. But him just, I don't know, like the way that he lived his life – and it's hard to talk about, honestly, right now um, after the rise of Skywalker. But the fact that he did overcome everything that happened to him, and th- the way the way that his his darkness is represented in like his isolation and in his sadness, and in the way that he kind of harbored anger, I can really relate to in like the darker parts of me. And that's something that I always really like Saul represented in Ben from myself. And I just, I mean, I think all characters in Star Wars are really important, but those are the three that have always really connected to me throughout the years and still do. Those are really thought out responses. And for me, I'm always trying to figure out why I'm like responding to a certain character. And it's so bizarre to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I don't have a concrete reason 
at least one that I would like want to share on the show about like why I would relate to Ben Solo. But I agree with you about like the inner darkness and the choices and all these, all those like wonderful things that you just said, because I think that that's absolutely true. Um, and like, I'm always trying to figure out like, why am I like responding more to Leia in my later life than I did when I was younger? And like, what does that have to do with like who I am? And I think it's just like an ongoing journey for me to kind of think about like why certain I respond to certain characters and I think that's like part of being a Star Wars fan is like thinking about wow like I think that it's interesting I think that in The Force Awakens I really responded to Rey and thought of myself I don't know I I definitely related to her in this way of like just wanting to be part of something and I I think that specifically Rey in The Force Awakens, like just The Force Awakens, not necessarily The Last Jedi or The Rise of Skywalker. Um, and like that specific moment, in that specific moment in my life too. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I, it's I it's just like, it's, it's just interesting to think about. Like, I feel like that, the answer to the question always changes for me. And yeah. that's what's so good about having like a wide breadth of all these characters in Star Wars. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's just a really important thing that you brought up about like how it has changed. I think we 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 I think both of us have changed a lot of our relationship to Leia in particular as we've gotten older. And yeah, it's it's so bizarre. I, I also don't think we talk about that enough. No, no, we definitely we definitely don't. Um but yeah, it was like Padme and Anakin and Luke were the people that we talked the most about when we were first Star Wars fans. And yeah. That was just like that was just where our interests were, um, and now it's shifted a lot as we've grown up. And I think that's, I think that's really cool too. And and being able to reframe these stories from where you are in life. And I'm sure, like, you know, if we ever have kids and get married and things like that, like we'll look at these stories in completely new light again, and these characters in a new light again too. I think that that is one of yeah, the great things about Star Wars. It's so crazy to even think about, but it's true. Yeah, it really is. Star Wars is so good. It's so good. It's very good. Okay, friends. I think we have come to the end of our very long three-year birthday party. We had so many questions, and I know we weren't able to get to all of them. So if we were not able to answer your question, I'm very sorry. Just know that we saw it and we thought about it, and we really do appreciate you taking the time to send us questions. But unfortunately, we could not ask answer all of them here on the air because I think we've already been here for like two hours (laughs) and uh, there's just, we weren't able to get to all of them. So we are very sorry. But uh, again, we just want to thank you guys so much for being a part of this podcasting journey. We are really looking forward to 2020 and everything that's coming down the line. Of course, the two big things are the Clone Wars and Star Wars Celebration in August. It is going to be a good good year in star wars we are confident about that and we just thank you guys so you much you can't for forget journey. about mandalorian season two. Oh my gosh yes mandalorian season two i did forget about it <laughs> i did <laughs> um we also have the obi-wan <laughs> series that hopefully we'll start filming i don't think the cassian series starts filming till 2021 right yeah i, I have no idea actually i have no idea <laughs> I don't remember. I think I think it keeps getting pushed off. It's either not filming or it won't premiere until 2021. 
Anyway, not this year. We're not seeing any Cassian this year. <laughs> um, <laughs> hashtag let Diego Luna touch Java. <laughs> it's all that matters. <laughs> Please. Please. So, yeah, I, I really did forget about Mandalorian season two, which is ridiculous because the season finale just blew me out of the water. And we are going to be talking about it very soon. Don't worry. We're going to be talking about the Mandalorian. We're going to be talking about Resistance. We're going to be talking about the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> We're definitely going to be talking about the Clone Wars and all of the other good things that are coming down the line. And um, don't forget, we have our listener survey. It would mean so much if you filled it out. Uh, literally would mean so much. It's how we know what more to make of, uh, make content of this upcoming year and helps to get helps us to get to know you better as listeners. And it would be a great Skytalkers birthday present. Uh, we also, if you haven't left us a review on iTunes, also a great birthday present that we would really appreciate. And uh, if you're interested in being a part of our cozy Discord, you can check out our Patreon where we have things like bonus episodes and our Discord as well that are available. Discord is available at all tiers, actually, which is really nice. So you can check out that if you're interested. And you all know where to find us online, Pod at SkytalkersPod on Twitter. And then we have our personal handles. Mine is at Caitlin Plusher. I'm no longer on private after the rise of Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like for the last month, I was like, you can try to follow me on Twitter, (laughs) but I'm on private. I'm no longer on private. You can find me at Caitlin Plusher and Charlotte is at Clarity as well as our website, skytalkers.com and skytalkerspodcast at gmail.com if you want to send us an email. Yes, and I want to say a huge thank you to our amazing patrons, Joey, Jason, Kimberly, Suki, Paul, Derek, Patrick, Carrie, Jordan, Albert, Fiorella, Marty, Spencer, Jenna, Jessica, Mike, Thomas, Bridget, Shelbo, James, Kate, Nathan, Sam, Bailey, Eric, Kelly, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Brian, Paul, Isabel, Eaton, King Noobs, Kimberly, Madison, Shelby, One Reply, Susan, Skyla, Franklin, Tegan, Imbecellus, Stephanie, Brittany, Monica, Stephen, Allison, Joanne, Scott, Daniela, Leonka, Sarah, Kat, Dylan, Aaron, Erica, Matt, Demi, Lenka, Hunter, Claire, Francois, Chloe, Brad, Ashley, Josh, Brandon, Kristen, Eunice, Danielle, Matt, Garrett, Debo, Irina, Edith, Jacqueline, Rachel, Lady Vader, John, Kevin, Ian, Roz, Lakshana, Candice, Ewan, Tom, Daniel, Heather, Brooklyn, Kimma, Julia, Matthew, Captain Britton, Jackson, Carrie, Jackson, Raphael, David, Liz, Christian, Nicole, Rachel, Aaron, Brooke, Rebecca, Kathy, Kimberly, Fundacast Productions, Christian, Adam, Megan, Courtney, Centara, Thomas, John, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumpararoo, Hammy, Neil, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kells, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Alyssa, Rebecca, Delaney, Angela, Allie, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Molly, Nicole, Cecil, Allison, Timothy, Miss Art, Rebuild, Jen, Jordan, Camille, Amy, Jared, Claire, Caitlin, Rebecca, Helly, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Kirsty, The Clashing Sabres Podcast, and Chuck. Thank you all so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being here for our three-year birthday anniversary. And for the first time in 2020, 
May the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.